0: They are not ready for prime time. Primetime. 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 That's the name. Primetime. Prime time. What time is it? Showtime, primetime. It's XL Primetime. Featuring Joe C. Dang it. Matt Hayes. I'm not running over the Barnett Tower and eating myself off Mia O'Brien.
1: One of those bugs just flew in my head.
0: Yeah, and Leon Searcy. Keep everything above the way. I you like me now. I ain't like me now. Not necessarily, ladies
2: and gentlemen. It's Valentine's Day, okay? Not necessarily. Welcome in. It is XL Prime Time on a beautiful Valentine's Day. It's Ash Wednesday as well. Day after Fat Tuesday and Mardi Gras comes to an end uh, down there in the Crescent City. And we got plenty of things to crank out today. The Golf Club of Southampton, they bring you Wednesday's show. So we'll be telling you about them throughout the day. And we're missing Matt Hayes. He is still down and out, but hopefully he will be back. Ready to go tomorrow. we got plenty to get into. Speaking of tomorrow, you're going to hear from your defensive coordinator, Jaguar fans, all you Duval Nooners. You're going to hear from Ryan Nielsen and get an idea of what we think he can bring to the table on the defensive side. So we'll definitely tear into that today. But it is Valentine's Day. And we thought, okay, your first sports love. There's nothing wrong with kind of going back in time and thinking of your first sports love. I know there are plenty of us that probably have a story about their first love. Uh, That's
1: why it, we have Leon Searcy Because yeah, that it, will also be incorporated into today's program Well, it's been, it's been
2: a bit of a staple Through the years with Leon uh, Leon's love advice Because we all have screwed up uh, Either marital Advice he can hand out Girlfriend, boyfriend advice Significant other, whatever it might be uh, But Valentine's Day, look It could come and go, it could cause some problems, Leon I think we all know that If, if, if you don't play your cards right this could be a, a nightmarish day, and I wouldn't even mind if, if somebody kind of, like anybody on the text line or maybe hit us on YouTube just with maybe a Halloween horror, not Halloween, Valentine's Day horror story when you screwed it all up. Uh, I can go back in time, of course. Valentine's Day massacre. Yeah, I can remember a couple of those. That's where it all started, by the way.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Well, listen, I'm the last person you can ask advice from. Me I don't know why y'all have Leon's love lane. I've been two-time loser as far as marriage goes. <laughs> yeah, but but as, far, as, far hey. as far as love goes now, you know, I, I could be a connoisseur of love. You know, if you need some advice, you need some you know, uh, some way to to woo your woman in yes. some capacity. You know, I've you know i I've, I've got the recipe. I've got the ingredients.
2: Yeah, because uh, you may have lost him, but you did attract him to begin uh, with. Absolutely, you know I mean? yeah.
3: The big fella did attract him. Absolutely. <laughs> I had no problem with the attraction. just a matter of keeping them is the problem that I have.
2: Uh... Or wanting to keep him. Yeah, but I anyway, think that's it started with, subject.
4: like, uh, for some reason we did, like, thrifty love advice one yeah, year. Yeah, we did one like, to year to save money. To save money, yeah. And it, Leon had, like, some amazing advice. And we were just like, well, we have to Keep this going. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. I don't know why we were being cheap that year, but well, yeah, I think it would have been to do it again the way uh, I don't say we were cheap. We, we, like, I, just I like, like of the word thrift,
3: thrifty. Yeah. We were thrifty. Yeah, yeah. We were thrifty. I yeah, I
4: think someone did need it. Yeah, yeah it I think was. some guy and, said and he I'm, had like
3: 50 bucks or something.
4: Yeah, like that. I went to a store this morning mm-hmm. to purchase some flowers for my lady and. Not cheap out there. I would say the same flowers that I could have gotten about three days ago for like $15 max are at least double that. Oh, yeah. At yeah. some of our favorite stores in town. And, and yet mm-hmm.
2: they, you think that they're out there just to help you. No, they're, they're there to take advantage. The guy was like,
4: hey, you need to take this this uh, uh what do you call it? balloon too he was doing that all the guys in there this morning mm-hmm. like me only in there to get flowers and he's yeah. like hey take a balloon take a balloon and there was like 15 suckers around me with balloons mm-hmm. and I'm like are they free and I get up to the checkout they were like 13 dollars
0: oh.
2: <laughs> oh. <laughs> like, oh I don't need a damn that's balloon just good. Neither that's is good salesmanship oh it is. it's great I yeah. mean you can't use them tomorrow well that's the classic like remember yeah. if you were in New York you'd be in Times Square and you'd see some crazy like the naked cow Oh boy to get a picture with Yeah, him. you get a picture you think this is the coolest thing ever first time you've been in Times Square and then his no, hand like, That's comes 10 out 10 bucks oh yeah exactly mm-hmm. there's a price to that <laughs> mm-hmm. uh yeah nothing's free uh anymore ladies and gentlemen old... except for Leon's love advice yes which is why you come
1: to XL Primetime yeah. and we're going to get to that throughout the course of the next two hours we are with you until 3 p.m but it's funny you bring that up about the chaos at the flower shop this morning JJ because Beau Valentine went out last night um not to get the gift, he had already gotten that, mm-hmm. but I had ordered picture prints from Walgreens for some new frames that we're putting up and also maybe for his gift from me. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so I was like, ah, it's all right. I'll go on my way home from Helmets and Heels. And he goes, no, no, like, I'll just leave now. And so 7 o'clock last night, he's driving the, what, three miles down the road to get to Walgreens. Mm-hmm. He said he got tailgated. He nearly got clipped walking up and down the aisles three times by several small children, mm-hmm. several housewives that were just dead set on where they had to go in Walgreens. And I can only come up with one explanation, which is last-minute Valentine's Day shoppers. Yeah. Is this true, Leon's love advice? Well,
3: I mean, listen, if you're loving year-round, you don't have to put so much pressure on you for one day. Yahtzee, Keep that's the, love the going. best advice you've Keep ever given, get. the love given, going, bro. bro. You don't need Yahtzee. a designated day to show love if yeah. you're showing love year-round. Yeah. And well no, that's a good excuse too if you can get your woman a gift
2: right because I know that Leon is that she is looking <laughs> dead in the eyes she said oh yeah she said what is your excuse and then he said I he around right <laughs> yeah I said, no, don't,
3: don't, don't 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 try to box me in yeah but don't lie day. to the
4: people you have a special shirt on today oh well listen, so obviously you're doing Oh, something he's moving well, I li- right well
3: now. listen first of all I, I have the shirt on because I have an event after uh-huh. Afterwards, okay. I have to do. Yeah, a... you're taking your lady to. No, Valentine's. no, I have a I have a cigar event. Okay, okay. I a cutting light event it's for the time to have that Valentine's the, Day. The <laughs> ladies of um, Cougar Cigars Cartel.
4: Oh, okay. so it's like a lady event.
3: It's a ladies La smoking smoking group. I yeah. love that. Will
1: you be providing love advice to them? If or... I need be, yeah. okay, all right. If I, I, I need be, I will. Exclusively Solicited. this. Program. It's going to be more. It's
3: going to be more. It's going to be more cutting light and drink. Mm-hmm. And you know, teaching the defined etiquettes of smoking the cigar.
1: Is it like Valentine's Day, or is it for like singles, or just like before you go out with your husband?
2: I think it's wild. No, I mean,
3: if the, the 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 group is called Cougar, oh, so, so these are
2: make sense of They're it what insinuating
4: yeah. that I guess they're older single men, maybe divorced, seized, divorcees. Yeah. Divorce,
3: Divorce. Is that, Divorce. is that yeah. the yeah. that smoke cigar? That okay. likes to light up. Like yeah.
2: the light up, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, that, it is. That is awesome. All four one ten ten. You can hit the text line, Designed by Lifetime Enclosures, if you want to dig in on uh, some advice. And like I said, I don't mind a Valentine uh, horror story, if you have one, to, or maybe advice on how not to screw it up. Uh, we will take it all. And then your first sports love. What was your first sports love uh, that you had? And is it still ringing true with you? Because, look, with, with, the, with the way the Jaguars were born in 1995, I guarantee you there were a ton of people out there that they did not have the Jaguars as their first NFL team. They probably had a team either in the pro ranks that they were rooting for or maybe your college team was your first, pro, or first sports love, whatever it might be. Just go ahead and hit us with it because it, there is something to that now. <clears throat> uh, you, you, know, like you see somebody, you find something yeah. in common with them, you might fall in love. There's something mm-hmm. to living and dying with a team mm-hmm. uh, that you grew up with rooting for. Yeah. Well, I mean, I was,
3: you know, I was born in D.C. So I I grew up a huge Washington Redskins fan. Mm -hmm. I I lived in Southeast D.C. and I lived in Landover, Maryland. And we were about, what, maybe five, 10 miles outside the RFK Stadium. Mm -hmm. Never had the opportunity to go to the stadium and watch them play because my father hated the Redskins.
1: (laughs) Who was his team?
3: His team was the Cowboys. And, and, and anytime I remember as a You'll kid, figure. I remember as a kid watching the game sitting in front of the TV. If my Redskins were beating like his Cowboys, he would come turn the TV off. <laughs> he would come turn that's the TV off. Uh, that's his TV. Absolutely, he, he paid for the lights, so he would come turn the TV off and walk away. Yeah. And then for my team, if the Redskins were losing the Cowboys, he picked at me. Yeah. So it was hard. Life. It was. A, it was not a win-win. It was situation not a win-win situation <laughs> at all.
2: Nothing but lose, lose. Yes, it was. On that end, uh, it's. I, I grew up. You could just only. You can remember there were only so many games that were going to be broadcast. Mm-hmm. And only so many teams that you were going to be able to see. And and Washington was definitely one of them. You had the AFC and the NFC, and you were going to see Washington. and You were going to see Miami. Mm-hmm. And, and I grew up loving the Miami Dolphins, sleeping in my Miami Dolphins sleeping bag, and my 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 uh, footy jams and everything else. And I I loved them. Okay, and Dan Marino was one of my you know, all-time favorite. So, it's easy when you go back and remember that. Now, I abandoned them obviously uh when when the Jaguars were born uh because this is the team that I'm going to pay the most attention to and now this is the team that I want most to win. But those with you know, that, that's that's your core. Those are the ones and of course, you got your college football fans out there. You might even have just basketball fans, whatever whatever it was your original sport.
1: Um my story in terms of my first sports love, I guess you mm. I mean, if we want to go outside the box, I guess you could say soccer, just because I remember as a little kid they, the park across the street that used to exist behind the municipal complex where mm-hmm. my parents live – that's where it used to be the rec soccer fields before they built these massive complexes throughout our home, my hometown. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember as a little four-year-old, I just kept begging my mom to, like, please let me go play. And she's like, you're not old enough. I'm like, yeah. please, I, I, have my, I have a uniform on. And she's like, it's not a uniform, but keep yeah. trying. So yeah. if we want to go outside the box, we can go there. But I think uh, my first sports love is pretty well documented. Um, I know I've said it a lot of times when people have asked how I got into this industry. I had followed the New York Yankees at times, through the first 11 years of my life. Um, But it was May of 2004. I was in the fifth grade. I have no idea, or 2003, excuse me. So I was in the fourth grade. I have no idea why, but for some reason, at my cousin's first Holy Communion, at the reception afterwards at their house, Mm -hmm. my uncle had a Yankees game on. They were playing the Royals. They beat them 13 to four that day. And for some reason, I couldn't take my eyes off the screen. And my uncle then, after the game was over, took me aside and said, you know, it doesn't stop here. And I go, what do you mean? He goes, well, it's 162-game season, number one. But number two, you can go home, you can go on the computer, and you can look up the stories, the recap, the interviews from that day. And mind you, this is 2003, so this is very primitive internet, so to speak, in terms of where sports reporting was coming from. And he said you could look up the scores from around the league. You can look at the scores from other leagues. And so was born a new morning tradition, which you know I carried on for the sure, next yeah. six years of my uh, education where I'd wake up every morning, I'd get my Pop-Tart or my Cheerios or whatever, and I'd go sit in front of the computer, and I'd read the scores from the night before, and it all started with the Yankees. And, of course, uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that was 2003. So that was the year, um, of course, Aaron Boone with mm-hmm. the, the hit to, yep, to send them to the World Series. Mm-hmm. And so 2004 was the first season that I was fully invested in Yankees baseball, which was the first year of Alexander Emmanuel Rodriguez and then, of course, the epic collapse. You're a
4: jinx. Mm-hmm. I know. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! I Beginning of the end. You mm-hmm. ended the Yankee dynasty, although yeah. you did get
1: 2009. 2009. We got 2009, mm-hmm. so it's not completely for nothing. You just like
4: started the Red Sox dynasty. An outlier. Yes, I did yeah. start the Red Sox dynasty.
1: Mm-hmm. So, um, so for you, Jaguar fans that are convinced me showing up in 2018 was the beginning of the end, yeah, it's you okay. Killed off a few. So give yeah. it, give it six years. So mm-hmm. hey, next year we're right on, we're right on schedule. Don't mm-hmm. you worry. Next year Super Bowl, you'll be fine.
2: All right. Six four one ten ten. Give it to us as far as the ones that got you going in the world of sports. Uh, and, and we mentioned this before. You know, it could be college, it could be baseball, it could be NBA, it could be pro. Whatever it might be, uh, just let us know. JJ, did you? Uh, uh, you had you were in a sea of gators oh, in uh,
4: Yes, but my family are not gators. Hmm. I, I was a Miami hurricane since the early days of Kenny Kelly. You know, as our quarterback, when we were on probation, it wasn't great, but I was always a hurricane. But um, even before that, I would say probably TBS made me a Braves fan, as in every kid in the South, really. We didn't have a team. Inevitable. Braves or I mean, baseball is my favorite sport. And I was obsessed, still am, with the Braves, with the Miami Hurricanes, and that's just kind of – I'm not too much fun. My The teams I loved growing up are still my teams.
2: Yeah, and, and the the Braves and the Cubs won over a lot of – WGN, of yeah, course. cable fans. Same oh, reason Notre Dame sure. has as many fans yeah. as they yeah. do. Yeah, Michael and Catholicism. Tim, yes. Yeah. yes. <laughs> Ash Tim
1: Wednesday, a, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention.
2: Yeah, diehard Braves fan because of that, because he could sit back and watch it, enjoy it, and all that kind of stuff. And i, I I've got my Dodgers love from my mom's – side of the family out there in, in California. Uh, and they split up Northern California, Southern California. So it's just kind of by and A lot of whom, whomever you are out there, your the, the family you grew up in probably had a lot to do with deciding on who you were going to root for. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then in Leon's case, it had a lot to do with you deciding on who you are going to root against. <laughs> Cause if your old man was rooting for the Cowboys, you failed. You figure you go root root on the other side. Well,
3: I, I figured I was in the right position. I mean, I'm from I'm a DC kid. Yes. I grew up in DC. You, you you go for the home team. It's no different from a kid here in Jacksonville. If he grew up in Jacksonville. All he knows is Jaguars. He's mm-hmm. going to be a Jaguar fan. Yeah. So I'm in DC, and I figured I I just hop on the bandwagon. And the I was I was in DC somewhere between when I was born and moved to Orlando about '83. So. The Redskins, were, I think Theisman and yeah. Riggins were just coming along and all that kind of stuff. The Hogs and all that kind of oh stuff. Oh, my gosh, Not sure yeah. if, I'm not sure Joe Gibbs might have been. I'm not sure if Joe came in the early 80s. In like, the early 80s. Yeah. yeah, Because you know, so. he
2: won all three of those Super Bowls with yeah. three of the quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. So he was the guy. He was the guy behind yeah. it. Yeah. Now, now,
3: I do remember where I was. I was actually in Orlando. I, I had moved from D.C. I, I was in Orlando. Where, where the Redskins plays the Dolphins in the Super Bowl, and mm-hmm. Riggins got that ball on fourth and go, fourth yeah. and one, yeah. and broke away for the touchdown. He's I remember going into middle school. That mm-hmm. day I had my Redskins jacket on and put on – and I wrote Super Bowl champions and scored and everything and stuff like that. Everybody didn't know. They thought I was weird. Yeah, I didn't yeah care. but you probably smiled and I was yeah, crying. Well, at Yeah, I was time. a D.C. kid and, yeah. you know, a team from D.C. wins the Super Bowl. Man, <laughs> I was ecstatic. I, was weird. I knew they thought I was weird. I didn't care. It's okay. They thought I was <laughs>
1: yeah, weird yeah, saying yeah. I was going to be on TV talking yeah. sports. Yeah. Yeah, they yeah. thought I was weird. Yeah. Hey, you got Dreams your passion. Come true. Here we Absolutely. are. Right, Good exactly. Passion, Absolutely. You got your passion. By
2: the way, I won't name the place, but at least one of our texters said – uh, two dozen roses for twenty four bucks. Now it says Whoa. It, it says in the ATL, and I'm thinking that must be the the real ATL. Or I don't know if he's talking about AB. Uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, the, the deals. That, that's what we're looking for. If you do have some of those.
1: Speaking that's of sure. Valentine's Day, uh, the Chiefs Super Bowl victory parade is currently ongoing. Brittany Mahomes already posted that. I guess she didn't see Patrick when he left the house this morning, Yeah, uh, but he saw her when he was getting on his float, and he handed her a rose. So at at least love love isn't dead. No word on if Taylor Swift is there, Mm -hmm. but we'll keep the Valentine's Day vibes going. But uh, as we prepare for that Jaguar Super Bowl I alluded to, Mm -hmm. um, this is apparently what they started on Kay Adams' show as the Chiefs Parade Scavenger Hunt. Are you mm-hmm. ready for this, Leon? And they had a couple different local journalists and Chiefs fans on the show this morning, and said, "Can you find all these items at the parade today?" A fan with a Chiefs tattoo.
4: Easy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's easy. A
1: Dwayne Bowie jersey. Oh, Bow. excuse me, Dwayne Bow jersey. Do, uh, an AR- That's sad
4: for Dwayne Bow because I know. he was a respectable guy, I know. but like he he was just on those teams that didn't really win anything. He to me, if I see a Dwayne Bow jersey. I
2: know that you're a true Chiefs. You've been there. You know? Well, it's it's definitely a throwback, but I, I see people around Everbank still wearing <laughs> Matt Jones' jerseys. Oh, so yeah. It, that's, that's, classic. That's you never know.
1: Uh, someone who brought a pet to the parade.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, this season
1: easy. AARP member willing to chug a beer, and then mm-hmm. the Lombardi trophy. Get a picture with Andy those.
2: Andy has got all those. Get a picture
1: with around. those five things.
4: Yeah. What's y'all's most memorable championship parade moment? I have a very specific one. My most from the Cleveland Cavaliers. Mm, I was in one uh-huh. in college. Uh-huh. There you mm-hmm. go, that would be memorable. That was
3: that was pretty special. My senior year, it was my senior year. I, I had I won three, my 87 year, my freshman year. I couldn't appreciate it because I hadn't done anything, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So, the guy, but when I got to my senior year, we won a national title and we went down the downtown streets of Miami with the camouflage. I was in the <laughs> drop top, I was in the drop top with Carlos Huerta. Carlos Huerta was our field goal yeah, at that a particular time. time and, you know, it was pretty cool. You know, people was asking me autographs and stuff. People, you know, jumping in the in the, in the convertible and confetti everywhere. It was pretty cool. Yeah. I enjoyed it.
2: Yeah, That was pretty neat. I think the two that at least jump out immediately here of late, Jason Kelsey, who delivered one of the greatest oh performances God, yes. uh, in parade mm. lore. Do we and know
1: the- why he had the, the Oompa Loompa, whatever we want? Like, what was that it, costume? It has
2: something to do with the Philadelphia tradition. I mean, I really don't know, uh, but – it was awesome, and then the Tom Brady uh, Lombardi toss in the oh, water. So. Oh, yeah, that was classic. Yes. Yeah. That, that was great. That was he, cool he, that they he, did he, like a boat parade. He took a riff for that yeah, too, was. right? Didn't he oh. take oh. well, a riff for that one? He was wasted
1: winter? too. Oh, well, he's He'd supposed be like, to how be wasted.
4: disrespectful. I mean, what if? A break. It's, yeah, it's a awesome, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It was
1: brilliant too to make it a boat parade because "quote unquote" social distancing. Very original. Could you imagine?
3: Could you imagine if he had dropped that in the water? Some, Gronk would have done in The backlash. Yeah, Gronk
1: would have
4: done it and yeah. tried to get it all It was we- appropriate in the world of social distancing that a Florida team won it and just no one cared about that yeah. stuff. Yeah. Uh, but I was going to say that Cleveland Cavaliers fan who, Which, uh, uh, let's just say a horse, yeah. you know, had to go. <laughs> no. And it was on the ground and yeah. they were edgy, edging him on, you know, pushing him to. Uh, eat the
2: excrement, Ugh. and oh, he oh, did. Disgusting. I do don't think, know whether I would put that. <laughs> do you think My personal favorite uh, parade moment. Do, I was going
1: say, do you think something crazy like that's going to happen with uh, Travis Kelsey and company No, did because I- they,
4: they, this is their third one. You know, Cleveland hadn't won anything ever, so it's like, yeah, I could see a guy eating horse poop. But yeah, they were- when you win three Super Bowls
2: in five years, you're not on that level. Yeah, there was – They hadn't won since the 50s uh, as far as a championship. All right, here's one off the text line. uh, As far as sports love, October 7, 1999, uh, my father took me to the Seminoles and Duke game here in Jacksonville. (laughs) I certainly remember it. Uh, I've loved FSU football since that day, and that's what it is. It's when Pops puts his arm around you and says, son, we're going to a football game or whatever it is, and those have deep, lasting memories, that's for sure. Uh, all right, you can keep it coming with those. Uh, Ryan Nielsen, uh, it's, it's worth noting, Ryan Nielsen, <clears throat> defensive coordinator, is going to be introduced tomorrow uh, with your Jacksonville Jaguars with a presser down at the bank, and hopefully we'll be able to carry it live right here on XL Primetime so you can hear it at least over the air. And there'll be a and a But when the PR staff sends out the notice, the advisory, it's not including Doug Peterson. Is Doug going to be there? I-, I would like to see the head coach introduce the defensive coordinator, wouldn't you?
1: From what we have been told, it will be exactly like a coordinator availability, Mm -hmm. which Doug wasn't usually there during Mm -hmm. coordinator availability. Yeah, they're treating it
2: like a regular in-season week, which is still a little strange. Honestly, I I do think that, and I'm trying to think, have we seen any other D coordinator introductions around the league that you can think of right now uh, with this hiring cycle, a coordinator who didn't have the head coach there? Well,
3: maybe Doug sent in a message that this wasn't his hire.
1: (laughs) I mean, That's Trent's the- not going to be there either, though.
3: Oh, okay. We're well, Okay. I thought, he, I thought he was trying to pull I a love rank. The conspiracy I thought he was trying to here. pull a ring. I didn't know. I'm just trying yeah. to think.
1: Um, let me see. Because, I mean, so many of those hires have been because of new head coaches as well. Right. Um, The New York Giants waited forever to hire their defensive coordinator.
2: Like, give me, if you can remember, Green Bay. Have they had their introduction? Yeah, with their new defensive coordinator. I don't think so.
1: Let's yeah, and up. so I'm
2: just trying to think of guys but, that. Yeah.
3: What about Cowboys and Mike Zimmer? It was has he been introduced as a Cowboys? No, he officially yet. just got Zimmer- announced okay, yesterday. All right, yeah. got
1: you. No, yeah. I don't think Jeff Hafley has had his introductory presser okay, yet. Okay.
2: Okay. All right. So anyway, it's worth worth looking around. I think just to see. I think Ryan
1: Nielsen may be the first, and part of it that I'm most fascinated by tomorrow. Um, a lot of times, NFL teams will wait until the coaching staff has been solidified before mm-hmm. they start unveiling those new additions to the coaching staff right, and so right. I think that Ryan Nielsen's defensive side of the ball is all set squared and ready to go and I'm sure we'll get that press release in the morning of um whose position who who is in charge of which position group who the quality control coaches are what I'm curious to see is on the offensive side of the ball where there were also some vacancies have those officially been filled and do we get the full lineup of the coaching staff Yeah, tomorrow? and it would
2: be nice to hear from them. I know we may not hear from all of them but like the running backs coach that's been hired, those types of decisions that have been made, uh, and more than just one position was filled on the defensive side, that's for sure.
1: Um, Let's look at this one. This might be Mm -hmm. Bears and Shane Waldron. Did they do an introductory? Yeah, I was just curious.
2: Uh, And you guys out there can let us know if you're a fan of any one team. Uh, Here's here's another one off the text line. Uh, I'm from D.C., like Leon. Mm -hmm. Grew up going to RFK for games. The Hogs, the Smurfs, Joe Theismann's single bar helmet and the last straight-on NFL kicker. Mark Mosley. So yeah. that definitely is going back in
3: time. That is old school right yeah, there.
2: And I think he might have been a, an MVP back in the day, I, I, I think. Uh, but anyway, those are, yeah, those are the good memories. That's what we want when you can just kind of back, go back in time and start thinking about those. Now, mm. a, a couple of other things. And, and we'll go, do our great transfer portal debate a little bit later on. And it's going to be a weekly thing on XL Primetime because the transfer portal has changed our world. It has made us now look at players as almost one-year rentals. And gone are the days of Leon staying at one place for four years. And we had his recruiter on, the great Don Solinger, on with us yesterday. Just And he named four guys that were in the running back room all at the same time. James Jackson, Clinton Portis, Wills McGee, and Frank Gore. That would never happen in today's world. So you've got a running back, great transfer portal debate. That we will throw up coming up here in just a little bit. And then also, talking about sports love, who would you have loved to see win a Super Bowl? We'll go back through our memory banks with that one as well. It is XL Primetime Golf Club of Southampton. And I will let uh, our prop winners know that I'm rolling by there today to pick up our prizes to make sure that we get everybody hooked up the correct. Prop picks that were made, the winners that came out of the uh, hat with the drawing. So we will get that along with all of our beer prizes and get them to our winners. So we appreciate your patience on that. Golf Club of Southampton, don't forget 287 play. You can get on the T sheet. It's warming up beautifully today. So you can go out and hit some golf balls, take a look at the practice area, take a look at membership. You can go out there every single day and get that game ready for a beautiful spring at the Golf Club of Southampton. <music>
5: i see the crystal raindrops fall and the beauty of it all is when the sun comes shining through to make those rainbows in my mind when i think of you sometime and i want to spend some time with you.
0: just the two of us grilling up lunch with leon and the sausage dudes sausage with a purpose on 1010 xl
1: that music can mean only one thing. It's time for Leon's Love Advice.
3: Well, listen, anytime you come out with Bill Withers, you can't go wrong when it comes to Bill Withers is the all-time great. Songwriter, song producer, all that kind of stuff.
2: Uh, a mood creator. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So are you saying, like, one of your first pieces of advice would be pay attention to the playlist? Oh,
3: absolutely. The, play, the
2: playlist is is essential.
1: Who are it's the, a mood setter. Who give me the Mount Rushmore?
3: The Mount Rushmore yeah. as far as the music of the play? Yes. Okay. You, you you listen, if you if you don't have Barry White, something wrong with you, something wrong in your life. Barry White's got to be on your list. Okay, the so you got Barry list, White. You gotta have Barry. You gotta have Barry on, on uh you gotta have him on the on your playlist. Mm-hmm. he also awesome, and he's also everything. he also has to be on your rewind list. <laughs> he has to be on your rewind list. I would, go Barry, I would go Barry White. I would go Luther.
1: Okay. Mm-hmm. I like that. Mm-hmm. Uh,
3: Luther Van You can't never go wrong with Luther. Big Luther, little Luther. Don't matter. <laughs> Both <laughs> Luthers are good.
1: Okay.
3: Isley Brothers. Uh-huh. Isley Brothers? Uh huh. Isley Brothers. Old school. Old school. I, I'm old school.
1: romantic. You know, I mean,
3: yeah, it is very romantic. So I go old school. Prince.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, okay.
3: There's a song, Prince. There's a couple of songs that you can play with. There's, there's a song called Door. It's called L'Adore.
2: Or no, adore. it's called adore.
3: Adore. Oh, adore. Adore. Just adore. putting on. You never heard of adore? Please play. We're it. all, one all the, going to one, one any... of the great one the great Prince songs ever. So I thought he was basically.
2: Telling no, she said, uh, "Show you the door." All right. No, no, it's, it's called the door. Right. Been in plenty of those
3: relationships yeah, as well. Yeah, me too. Absolutely. <laughs> we'll come so, back with that. So, some my one my was what? How, how many five? Five faces? Four. Four, four. four. You four you faces. So him. I got those four faces. There it is. Marvin's
2: probably. Marvin, get
3: you That's the top five then. Are you
2: stripping? Are you stripping? You taking the Ozzy brothers back, you taking? oh no. I, I, I ooh. The
3: you text know, you line know would- what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna take, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take, I'm gonna take Luther off and put Marvin Gale.
1: Oh, well, huh? the text line would also like to submit Earth, Wind, and Fire.
3: Yes, can't go wrong. Earth, There's Wind, so, many
2: so many yeah, good ones. So many good ones. All right, so here's one that did pop up off the text line as far as kind of nightmarish Valentine stories. <laughs> he said he went and got a couple of lobster tails. Greg said. A couple of lobster tails for he and his wife so they could have a, a really sweet Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. Dog ate them. The dog ate the lobster <laughs> yeah, tails? Yeah. Dog just probably just. Ju- listen, I have had a hound. Mm. I, and listen, the, the, the great Hattie, she was not a hound, but she was on top of my table eating mm. a whole rack of ribs oh and she God. spared oh. nothing. So I know exactly what this man's talking about.
1: Well, that was going to be my next question as we run through Leon's love advice throughout the duration of today's program as it is Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day falling on Ash Wednesday means for the Catholics like myself and Joe C, yeah,
2: we're we're, we're not no meat today. Not
1: allowed to eat meat. So, my question, right. Not Although I, I may or may not cheat later, but that's a story we'll get to here in a second. So my question is, you should
4: just convert well change. Yeah, you can't that's announce, you can't announce that you're
2: Catholic and then say you're gonna cheat. Well, to be, well no, let me What's explain let me
1: explain why. Bo Valentine does not cook. <laughs> yeah. He is wow. very much a microwave and that. air fryer guy. He'll he has no issue. The new thing has been I'll pick up fish from Publix or wherever and uh and then he'll take it and he'll he knows how to put it in the air fryer, doll himself up a little meal, and that's like the classiest meal he can do. But tonight he has said that he is cooking. A meal of spaghetti and meatballs for me. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so right. I, I have cooking as,
4: is a stretch. As well, it m- depends if he's making the meatballs.
1: He's not, but that's okay. Oh. But that's okay. Yeah.
2: He's boiling pasta. It's gonna be doing. it's
1: gonna be a big deal, a big step for him. Yeah. And so uh, I've said you can have the house, you can set it all up however you want. And so uh, I'm just do, hoping the house doesn't burn down. I mean,
3: do, do you know the extent of what it does to take? To make spaghetti. It's I just, do just pour water. Yeah, put noodles in. Put Here go. in sauce. Well, you gotta heat the sauce. This is not a, a it's not a lot of effort involved. <laughs> this in is that.
1: Well, but for him, this will be a very <laughs> okay, big step right. in his cooking yeah. journey, okay, I got you. and so, uh, and so because of that, I'm uh, I'm I'm very excited to see how it turns okay. out. But okay. also, I've accepted that Jesus and God will forgive me because uh, I'm I'm doing well, I'm what's doing so funny? well. Is it, yeah, him.
2: you're you're not supposed to eat meat. And so if I substitute fish, I'm looking for a piece of fried fish. And so it's worse for (laughs) you. <laughs> than it is if I right. if or I'm pizza. eating a nice piece of grilled chicken or whatever. But so last night we we went out and had had the nice meal, and then tonight Smart. this will be another great meal. Uh, we're just picking up slab of of, of fish, Smart. you know, a nice piece of snap or something like that, and I'll grill that bad boy. So uh,
3: what's the, the the purpose of not eating on Ash just, Wednesday? Just it's fasting, just fasting. Yeah, oh, and, okay. you're, and you're giving something up. Oh, so, oh, you're yeah. just giving up something. Yeah. Yeah, that so you're going through Lent, twenty four. Oh, okay,
1: forty uh-huh. days. Yeah. Yeah. All
3: right, yeah. Yeah. you're I mean, supposed to replace it by you know praying or. Oh okay I understand Because I was like Did God give instructions That you couldn't eat meat On that day The Pope no. did So it's just Fridays The Pope did uh, Yeah so We don't have to listen
4: to him
1: This week's this week sucks As Catholics can attest Because yeah. you can't eat meat On Wednesday and Friday Okay But then moving forward For the next 40 days It's just on Fridays You could be a carnivore After that Oh yeah The other just six days through, Of the week You're fine
3: Okay here through all the flesh you <laughs>
2: but that's what, I, you, You'll see a lot of Like lunch specials Will have the fried fish Or whatever yeah. on, or pizza. on Fridays oh. Or pizza first. Okay That's you. part of how right, Both of those
1: Fish fries and the like became a thing. I yeah. never noticed. It. But that yeah. was going to transition oh, yeah. uh, to our to my next question mm-hmm. for Leon's love advice. Mm-hmm. What's the go-to? Give us a Mount Rushmore or a top five, whatever suits your fancy. Spreads to make for the special someone.
3: Oh, the, the okay for well, first. uh Well, spreads as far. Lo, well, lobster. You never go wrong with lobster. Yeah. All right. Unless the dog. Unless the doggy. Eats eats dog dog so yeah, lobster is always good. A good, a good uh, ribeye steak, mm-hmm. all right? Good ribeye steak, you know? If, if you're an expert on the grill, yeah. if your woman comes in there and she sees you on the grill. She's a meat eater, too. Oh, yeah, yeah, you season that meat I don't know right, if Bo Valentine's it. ready for that. Yeah, I, but I'm telling you, you get a good steak, you're good to go, all right? Dessert is important. All right, you get a good dessert. I agree with the dessert. Yeah, a good, a a good cake. What's what's a good? Get you a
2: little tiramisu. A little tiramisu. Yeah, mud pie.
3: There you go. That maybe a little key lime. Yeah, I was thinking and going down that area. Key lime. Gotta have whipped cream, of course. Yeah, yeah, chocolate covered. Yeah, (laughs) chocolate (laughs) strawberries. Yeah, yeah, anything chocolate. Now the last one is the beverage. Mm -hmm. So what the the best beverage? Just you know your woman, you know. You know, what you know, what, what she likes loves. to drink. What mm-hmm. she likes to drink. So that could be anything from champagne, mm-hmm. that could be wine, that could be a cocktail, it could be an old fashioned. Yeah. Old be,
1: fashion's, pretty good. Yeah, old fashion's is pretty good. It could be a fashion <laughs> bomb. It could be a It woman. could be you could a shot. It could be some Miller Light. Yeah. Exactly.
3: Whatever it is. You know, you know her preference. Make sure wherever you get her is nice and cold. All right. And make sure you pour it. Don't make her go in there and get, hey baby, I got you something in there to drink. Go get your glass. No. You go grab <laughs> the glass working. and you go pour it. And you give it to her, That yeah, kind like, of
2: stuff. Like yeah. T.L.D. If I'm doing it, she likes a, a Shiraz or a Pinot Noir as far as a glass of red, mm-hmm. and then a good Corona premiere if, if we're having a you know a nice bottled beer or whatever. And then that old fashioned she loves. Yeah, loves. And make sure bourbon.
3: and make sure you get fruit that you can feed her. Mm-hmm. Strawberries, grapes. That kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it'd be it be a nice it'd be not nice. Not like look. an apple. Okay. No, not an apple. You <laughs> do put an apple in her mouth. Not like <laughs> like a pig. <laughs> or a like <laughs> oh, you're gonna roast her later, something like that. You can't do no. Just get
4: her. Now, get have some, you ever done the breakfast in bed? You gotta do that. That yeah. is next level. It yeah. is next level. Yeah.
3: That's yeah. why always,
1: Valentine's Day on a Sunday is. A little yeah, bit easier. Yeah, yeah my girl so, was
3: like
4: already at work when I woke up. My breakfast my, my in
3: bed my, my spe- is French toast, scrambled Ooh. Eggs. Mm-hmm. French toast, scrambled eggs and fruit. Well, with and a nice, sugar. with a nice, yes, with a nice mimosa on the side.
1: So for all those things we just rattled off, mm-hmm. if, if, there's, if there's a nooner out there driving around, panicking about what am I gonna get that special someone, what am I gonna cook tonight? What would you recommend? You say definitely the drink. All those. Making sure you get the drink. Mm -hmm. And then just pick up a steak or lobster. Get
3: you you a steak. Get you a nice little lobster tail. I mean, it don't have to be a a three pound lobster tail. You can get your, what, five? six ounce. Las Probably, Soteta, yeah. Like
4: Already that. ready to go. Already ready to go.
2: Exactly. Or they
4: could go to the Golf Club of Southampton. Yeah. Well yeah. said, JJ.
1: And
2: I'm wondering right if they have a nice Valentine's meal. <laughs> I bet they do. Uh, yeah, if you blow it tonight, you can go there for Thursday Night Trivia tomorrow night. <laughs> and, and speaking
1: of wine, uh, and speaking of things, you know, if, if you don't have the time today, mm-hmm. I got word from our friends from the Tom Coughlin J Fund that there are tickets still available for the Wine it's Gala.
2: 29th? Yep, two weeks yeah. from
1: tomorrow. Yeah. They will have mm-hmm. over a hundred different types of wine from different wineries around the United States so maybe you say to that special someone hey
2: taking you out for that
1: I'm gonna take you out to that it's at Everbank Stadium for the very first time and trust me I may or may not have bid on a $3,600 item last year and won it so Mm -hmm. uh if you get a little liquid courage there it's it's very strong stuff.
2: Well, it's an online auction uh, as well as what goes on throughout because uh, it used to be down at the Wells Fargo Center and now uh, inside Everbank, and, and, yeah, they they put it on. There's so many generous people out there uh, that help raise all those dollars that you guys help uh, in, uh, for sure, uh, along with the Radiothon, but at, at the J Fund Wine Gala, that's for sure. All right, 641-1010, we've been talking about uh, that first love you had in sports uh, and one text in since Uh, it's NASCAR season with the Daytona 500, uh, to see Dale senior finally win the Daytona 500 in 1998. Uh, they said, uh, he was the guy that, uh, could always win, but couldn't win that one. So that's definitely a good one. As far as going back to your first love, uh, Dale Earnhardt was easy to hate. He was easy to hate, but there were so many of them that loved him, uh, that's for sure. We had Probably a couple different NASCAR
1: submissions <laughs> on the text line. Keep them coming. Daytona 500 is indeed this Sunday, and I know young intern Jacob came to me this morning, panicked, since he and ET will be making the pilgrimage down there and yeah. will be covering the event for us. And he just looked at me and he goes, forecast doesn't look good. Yeah, And I, was like, I looked at him, I go, Jacob, how many Daytona 500s you've been to? And he's like, at least 10. And I said, come on, dude. You know, if there's not a little bit of rain, that race isn't gonna go off. I, I feel like rain is like it comes I just with hate the five hundred. I agree. It's yeah. awful. And
2: don't don't be afraid to look at the weather window, uh, Frank Kelleher and company down there and move that fat boy up, okay? They want to launch it around two, two thirty so they can make sure they get into prime time, which I get, but if the forecast isn't good. Uh, take a page uh, from the tour. Move up those uh, that that start time. Drop the green flag early.
1: Never forget 2019 Masters. Yeah, they yeah. moved it to threesomes and they moved the tee times up. Just
2: give your fans and the, we still had
1: the Tiger moment.
2: Yeah, give your fans the best chance. Uh, to see the race because it'll spill into Monday if you're not careful, and then
4: maybe Juan Montoya will run into a jet dryer <laughs> just, on that Monday, unreal. and then it'll turn into Tuesday morning. It or, was uh, memorable. It really, it was. Was. <laughs> that was a very <laughs> memorable year. Or what's uh, his
1: name in 2022, which was god awful when he won the race. Yeah, which um, who what, what was his name? I'm trying who to ended remember. up in the ended up in the hospital, and then walked out two days later. Oh
2: yeah, uh, it was Bush.
1: No, it wasn't Bush. It uh, was. No, um, I'll think of it.
2: Ryan Newman. Ryan, Ryan Newman. Newman. Yeah, Ryan Newman. Yes, thank you. Um, yeah. In the
1: Oscar, I didn't want to say the guy in the Oscar Mayer wiener. Uh, yeah. Costume. Yeah.
2: Ryan Newman. And, <laughs> what, and Got what costume? He was, but yeah, what he was able to come Beautiful. through in a week's time it was something else. But that just going back to that Monday night with Juan Pablo Montoya, how in the hell do you drive into <laughs> a jet engine on like a caution lap? <laughs> On a caution lap. You're only supposed to be going like 60, 70 miles an hour or whatever when you when you can power it up, uh, you know, wrench it up to 200 miles an hour. And he runs into the it Could into have the been truck. texting, dude. It was just unreal. Exactly. Do um, not drive NASCARs and text.
1: We're going to get it back to some of our Valentine's Day segments into the Super Bowl, which, again, the Chiefs Super Bowl parade is ongoing. It looks like they are approaching the convention center where there will be Expected to be several speeches, including an impassioned one from Travis Kelsey. But real quick, for my college basketball fans, let's hit it that quick, JJ.
0: That just happened. Brought to you by Florida Home AC, the official air conditioning partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars.
1: Ohio State has officially parted ways with Chris Holtman in year eight of his tenure as the head coach of the Buckeyes. Of course, Ohio State, a third straight disappointing season. They're well below 500. And what's crazy to think, boys, Ohio State and Michigan basketball, for those who may not have been following over the last month or so, I mean, they are both in serious decline. Juwan Howard's squad Mm -hmm. also finds itself in serious trouble. Remember
2: how red-hot he was when they first hired him. If not
1: for all the success on the football field and the fact that Michigan just won the national title in football, I think we'd be hearing a lot more about Michigan basketball. Who um, you're you're asking me? uh, How how bad is it at Michigan? Um, Well, uh, at least they beat Ohio State, uh, but they're eight and seventeen on the season so far. They did they did lose to Florida in double overtime, which felt like a great win for Florida in the moment. Um, It evidently turned out not to be because, uh, yeah. uh, Apparently, Michigan's not that good. And Ohio State actually does have a winning record at 14-11, and 11, um, but has struggled in the Big Ten. They have won just one of their last eight games. And so, a parting of ways with Ohio State and Chris Holtman. And what's going to be fascinating to see, if the seat is hot for somebody who's been there for eight years, led you to the tournament his first four of his first eight years, yeah. how hot is that seat for Ryan Day going to be if he doesn't deliver?
2: Well, it, it, the point is is real, and we can use any of the schools that we follow – that if one team or one sport is not doing very well, you gravitate to the other to make you feel better. Okay, We've been talking about sports love. Uh, Florida football stinks right now. And so Florida basketball, they pull out a nice win uh, in, in the exact arena last night against LSU, probably much closer than a lot of Gator fans thought, but you gravitate to the basketball team because they're playing well. You go back to baseball last year, they made it to the College World Series, almost won it, and and that's what happens. Miami, same thing, not as good football uh, as you'd like to see, but definitely playing some good hoop. Mm. And well, I'm talking about yeah, last year, when, yeah, last when, year when they had, yeah, that right. had that run. Right.
4: And, and are so... we not good? No, no, we're not. Oh we're
3: no, not. we may you not really make a tournament. Know. What about the women's team? Women's team. I'm okay? heart Women's you're team's ready? doing okay. okay yeah,
1: okay. they're doing okay. So yeah, we, you're going to be a women's basketball fan. Yeah, absolutely. Fan. That's
2: yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Root for Jazz Roberts, local yeah, yeah. kid, our our good friend.
2: But there's yeah, there's too many of them that they don't even know if what the other sport's all about. They just they're diehard of that one. Particular sport for that one particular college that they root for. But, yeah, the, the pressure. Like, Michigan was one of the few schools out there that you knew seasonally. It wasn't just one season. You had two good seasons you could look forward to, football and basketball. And it doesn't always ring true. And Jawan Howard has weathered his storm of controversial moments, remember, where he's getting in the face of either refs or other opposing coaches or opposing players. And, it, and he got suspended, got sat down for a little while. And so, yeah, the heat will be on him if he doesn't keep it going. And I
1: think Chris Holtman will have plenty of suitors this offseason. There's still a lot of speculation of, uh, is Kentucky really going to part ways with John Calipari, like so many fans have been clamoring for? They, that, they
2: have a, they truly have a love hate relationship.
1: Yeah, I mean, they're, you're going to make the tournament, Kentucky. So I wouldn't lose sleep over that. But hey, I mean, if they need some fresh blood, what should be noted, the Louisville job most likely will be open. That's another blue blood because Kenny Payne has yet to get that together. And so maybe Chris Holtman ends up there. But what's curious, again, is that hot seat factor and the standard after making a national championship in the 21st century that Ohio State holds itself to. I am very curious, and we really didn't get into this after we had the that on Friday, Joe, mm-hmm. that Chip Kelly is headed to Ohio State to be the OC. He's not going to recruit by all accounts. And what's crazy, because JJ and I were going down the line looking at the math of this yesterday, Brian Hartline is still employed. As the offensive coordinator, even though they've hired another offensive coordinator, mm-hmm. and Ryan Day was supposed to be this offensive.
2: Well, he's the guy. Guy. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and it's, so it's 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 a mystery. It's a puzzle. It's all an enigma. Uh, all those things because there's a relationship that Ryan Day has with Chip Kelly, so that's why he brought him in because that was his old coach back, uh, however many
1: New Hampshire. Yeah,
2: however many moons ago, seven
1: to two thousand one, I think. Yeah, he was there. and
2: so Day has a respect level for him. It's kind of like Leon, when when. Coach Campo brought Don Solinger in here yesterday. You guys got a respect level. If they reach out to you and need something, you're going to do everything you possibly can to help them. I don't know whether Chip, Chip Kelly needed help, wanted to go there, or Ryan Day reached out to him. But it unraveled in the worst of ways out at UCLA. They end up promoting Deshaun Foster, who was a really good running back for them. Mm-hmm. And they promote him. And at least the word of the college football circles, Matt will probably echo this tomorrow, was that there were people – that we're not interested in taking that job at UCLA, isn't that crazy? Mm-hmm. It's just hard for me to believe that. That, granted, it hasn't gone well for the Jim Mora Juniors, the Chip Kellys, or whatever. But by no means should you look at that as an impossible situation, should you? Mm-hmm. I wouldn't think so.
3: Yeah, that that was odd. That that, that was very odd that no one wanted the job. It was also very odd that Chip Kelly. Will leave the head coaching job at UCLA and go and be the offensive coordinator at Ohio State right. unless he has aspirations for something much more bigger. I don't know if it's the NFL. I don't know if maybe – some Big Ten team that he may be interested in, he might be using Ohio State as leverage to get in. That well, they, they're going to the Big Ten anyway, aren't they? UCLA, yeah, they're going yeah. to the Big Ten right. anyway. So I mean,
1: it's a lateral. If it's, anything, it's a lateral move. It's a, if you're
3: well, it's a, it's a down lateral. Yeah, move. it's right. a step down. <laughs> it's a yeah. step down move.
1: Exactly. Yeah. I mean, that's what we were talking about yesterday, and I know Coach Campo echoed the, these sentiments that he's using this opportunity if Ohio State's offense lights up the world to turn mm. around to NFL teams and say, "Hey, I want I want back in. Look at what I'm doing at one of the four yeah. or five biggest blue bloods in the sport.
3: That could be the only move that he's making. That could be the only move. That... And he
1: doesn't have to recruit. Like That's mm. that's the part that's so interesting to me. Like, Are we going to see more coaches, again, seeing Jeff Havley go to Green Bay from the head coaching post at Boston College because, by all accounts, he probably doesn't want to recruit anymore. It feels like it's easier to call X's and O's in the National Football League. Are we going to see more of these old guard guys in their well, contract have it spelled out that I do not have to be a lead recruiter?
3: So, yeah, I was going to ask you that. He, so you mean he, does, he doesn't He does want to recruit. He just wants to be the coordinator. He's I
1: supposed mean, to call at, X's and O's. But some
3: capacity, I mean, he, he, don't you want to sit down with the kid and the family and, and assure them that you're going to be there for a while and give them the security that, hey, I'm going to be your coach. I'm going to lead you from your freshman year to your, sophomore, right. your senior year. At the
1: very least. At the very least. At you, the you very were, least, I guess he's just, you know, maybe he'll be there when they visit campus, but he's not going to be the one on the road pounding the pavement.
3: Wow. Uh, that, that is the essence of recruiting. He wants no part of
2: it. Yeah, and I, I feel like now you've, you've reached some of the those – I don't old guard, I guess, is the right way to describe it. It is kind of the old guard that says, I'm just coming here to be your guy on, sun, or on Saturdays, seeing what I need to see so we can win football games. You go close those deals. And maybe Chip's saying, Ryan Day, become the closer that you have been or maintain your, your ability to close in the recruiting world. I'll handle this offense. I don't know. It could be that. Uh, Chip Kelly has always been viewed as a pretty good
3: play caller. But if I got a kid who's a quarterback and you're going to have him for the next four or five years or whatever, I want to make sure that the the relationship between you two garners my son signing
2: with your school. Uh, I I do dig it.
1: By Mm. the way, Chris Holtman, again, in case you're just joining us, fired as Ohio State's head basketball coach, finishes his Ohio State career with a record of 137-85. and Mm -hmm. It's not awful.
2: No, and then uh, if you go back and look at Mata's record before that, It wasn't a bad record either. No, and um, And again,
1: and that's where that's why I want to tie basketball to football because if that's the temperature in basketball, Thad Mata leads his team to a national title game, and then kind of because Greg Oden retires or not retires, Greg Greg Oden goes to the NBA, and all those other guys matriculate and graduate and then the standard is, okay, we're making the tournament, but we're not advancing beyond the round of 32. You right. fire him, you bring in Holtman. Holtman never gets past the round of 32. 137 and 85, though, so he was pretty darn good in the regular season. Yeah. Not good enough. When does the moment hit with Ryan Day? Because we've already seen it, having not beaten Michigan in how many years? Uh,
2: it's now three. Three years.
1: So mm. at what point, let's say he and Chip Kelly don't light the world on fire.
2: Well, let's remember this. Harbaugh went through a longer period of time not beating Ohio State. Mm. And then when he finally got it, he got over on them, beat them three years running, and then won the Natty. Both of them got to the college football playoff last year, and both of them ended up losing in the semifinal. But this year, he was able to kick the door down and get it done. They're not going to lose patience with Ryan Day, at least I don't believe so. That would be crazy, Leon, if they were to, like, if you look at his record. It is spotless except for going up against Michigan. Basically,
3: yeah, it is spotless, and he, his leash is a lot longer. But you, Ohio State can't keep losing to Michigan and they, and they, and keep the same leash. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I mean, how many more years are you going to be if you're if you if you're the athletic director if you're the president? How Which many they more do year? have a new athletic yeah, director. Yeah. Don't how forget. many more years are you going to tolerate Michigan football beating you? One, two, three. Yeah, not much longer. Okay, than that. not much longer. Yeah. Than that. They gotta yeah, and, and that's usually the, their only loss in the season, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. Ohio State's usually their only loss in in, in the season is, is to Michigan. So you're talking about a team that has one loss, one loss, one loss at the end of the season because they they lost to Michigan. And don't, now you, the, the two losses because if they make the the playoffs, they lose that game or whatever. But I'm talking about regular season. And yeah. don't
1: forget the competition's about to step up a notch in the Big mm. Ten across all sports because you're bringing in USC, UCLA, Oregon, Washington on the surface level. Well, as much as all four of those football but, programs are in transition, that's...
3: But here's the thing I, I, I forgot to think about when it comes to Michigan. Maybe it's a little bit more tolerable losing to Michigan now that you got a 12-team playoff.
1: Very true. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah,
2: that's true because you can so live you with can it. Live live, so
3: still- you can live with losing to them, yeah. but then you're still in the playoff in the
2: hunt to win a championship. Yeah. And you can... Not justify, but you could point to success. Mm-hmm. You're not justifying your existence. It's pointing to success if you get a chance to get in the college football playoff and get hot mm-hmm. I, because it was a field goal game. Let's yeah. not forget that. Yeah. It was a great game. Uh, I can't remember the – And the-
1: you also came down to the wire with Georgia the year prior. Yes. In the playoff.
2: Yeah, and C.J. Stroud was slinging it all over the lot and had a chance. All right, so let's carry this into the 1 o'clock hour because there's two things that are happening with the college football playoff. How about a six-year deal worth $1.3 billion? And then the other half of it is make coming up next week, they're going to decide, the college football playoff board of managers is going to decide how they're going to split up the, the format of champs versus uh, at-large. So we're going to get into that, too, coming up.
1: Let's do that. And, of course, you can continue to hit us up on the text line brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures at 641-1010 with your first sports love. We also are accepting your ideas for Valentine's Day, your Leon's love advice reaction on the text line, as well as the YouTube chat line. Uh, Chip on YouTube, one year I had Jackson DeVille visit the missus at her work with a big gift package from Peter Brook. The chocolate popcorn is delicious. We were there last week, Chip, and we can Ah. agree with that that this is XL prime time
0: grilling up lunch with Leon and the sausage dudes sausage with a purpose on 1010 XL oh yeah the playlist of big
2: surs. We got it going on Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's. If you guys are out there taking care of your your significant other, make sure you don't mess it up. Leon's got love advice if you need it. Uh, Happy Valentine's Day, TLD. Uh, And everybody else out there, know that you're having a good time today. It's been a beautiful day. Crisp, cool weather to start us off, and then it should lead into a great night tonight. So you can still ask for Leon's love advice. We said we were going to get into the college football world in this one o'clock hour, thanks to the Golf Club of Southampton. They bring you today's show. Every single day of the week, they are ready to set up a great golf course for you. It's in great shape and it's going to just really come into the spring uh, growing in beautifully. So make sure you check them out 287 Play Golf Every Day. Thursday night trivia, Friday night music under the lights on the patio. So if you do blow it today, you can take the uh, the lady, the Mrs., as uh, Derek DiStefano likes to refer to his wife, the Mrs. Uh, to Friday night under the lights on the patio with local artists playing. All right, so we mentioned this, the huge price tag that we know ESPN is already ready to pay to televise the 12-team <clears throat> college football playoff. It's a six-year deal worth $1.3 billion annually, and this gives the ESPN folks, Leon, the exclusive rights to the 12-team playoff through twenty. 20- 2031, they will have it. You know Fox and everyone was going to try and fight over it, the whole streaming subject, but ESPN is going to control it. Who knows exactly what they'll do, but it's going to go all the way through 2031. And then the other thing that's up for grabs right now, next week, they're going to vote next Tuesday that there is a model that would include the five highest-ranked conference champions and the next seven highest-ranked teams in the 12-team playoff. Uh, what say you about that model five seven?
3: I like that. I like I like the number twelve. I like the the highest rank. I, I like the fact that they're keeping the conference champion is important. You got to win. You win your conference then you get in. I, I like that. I like that bid. And then the next seven highest guys, the highest ranked guys in, in in the polls, whatever. So wait a minute. So what about the at large? Is the at large so what that'll be including? the seven? That'll be the seven.
2: Yeah. And so basically, what they're <clears throat> doing right now is they're saying five highest-ranked conference champions. And keep in mind, Mm -hmm. because Matt will probably echo this. He's out sick, but once he gets back, he'll probably echo this. This is a model that isn't cast in stone. This is what they're going to do and plan on going forward. Doesn't mean they can't change it. They can change it after one year. But when you say five highest-ranked conference champions, you're telling college football fan that they are going to take the four bigs, which is now that Mm -hmm. the Pac-12 has gone away.
1: the Pac-12. Yeah.
2: Yeah, now that the Pac-12's gone away, they're going to take the four bigs. Wait, wait. Do it, yeah.
1: so we, we can't just choose yeah. between Wazoo and Oregon State? Yeah. No, I was I, really I, looking forward to the winner of the Pac-12 advancing. By
2: the way, they might have a chance depending on what they do, but I, I, I don't see it, <clears throat> it for them. That would be amazing. But what? they would take a Conference USA, an AAC, whomever. And They don't have to do this after this year. They can vote mm-hmm. to change this bad boy again, but they're at least including them right now.
3: Okay, so so essentially, the conference champion and the loser are going to be there, get in.
2: Probably, probably
3: more than likely. Yeah. So that's eight taken yeah. up. So you got four left. Yeah. So then you take the other four that are ranked. Right. Because the SEC, that could be Georgia, Alabama. Okay. Right. That could be one versus three. Alabama loses, they're they're still in. Or 100%. that could be. Hundred percent. Whatever it could be. Let's just say Miami, Florida State. All right. They both rank top ten. Whoever loses. You know they could still be in,
2: and then you uh, got a Clemson, yeah, Clemson, yeah, that, that or of. an LSU, mm-hmm. or whomever. Or the Big
3: Ten championship. It could be yeah. Michigan, Ohio State. Ohio State loses again; they, they're in. And Penn State, gets Penn to State, come in. Gets in. something
2: yeah. like okay. that. Okay, okay, uh-huh. you can see that scenario. I can see that scenario. So yeah. once again, just to play your game because I like the game that you just came up, and mm-hmm. this is just this year. Let's just say they they recognize that five that fifth conference champion, and they bring an AAC conference champion in or CS, CUSA, whoever it is. All right. Then after that, those three spots that you're talking about, there's four big conferences. So mm-hmm. let's just use the example you gave. And I'm going to say Penn State, LSU, and Clemson, with, with the scenario you just threw out, they get in. That means, once again, one of the big power conferences is getting left out on the second go-around. Because the Big 12, big 12. did not happen. Yeah, And so they'll be bemoaning that. You know that. Mm -hmm. But that's just the way it
1: is. If you're not among the next seven out, that's the way it goes. It's how the NCAA tournament is. Like, if you aren't, you know, and theirs is a little different because it's not based on rankings per se, but those college football Mm -hmm. playoff rankings, I would equate to the net and how the bracket makers, Mm -hmm. the actual bracket makers, not the bubble boys, like how they determine it. There is a first four out and a first four in, or last Mm -hmm. four in, like that there's a reason for that. There is a bubble for a reason, and so we'll have a bubble in college football.
2: Yeah, and all they're going to do is let this thing play out, and then if Matt has his way, which is what he suggested all along, it will be 12 at large. Mm -hmm. And you will logically recognize conference champions, but you don't have to. You don't have Mm -hmm. to. Now, I cannot see a world, (laughs) at least right now, where the ACC champ, the Big 12 champ, the, the SEC, and the Big 10 do not all get in. The, it seems impossible unless we have this another seismic shift.
3: W- won't they, you know, by not letting the little ones in, you, you're basically saying you don't yeah. – won't you just form a 50-league team, all right, and do it like the NFL. Yeah, 50-team tw- league, Yeah, 50, yeah, 50-team yeah, yeah, league. Just split and have one division, that division. have, And then just play just play like the NFL because the little boys are out. They're out. They're, they're out the window. So as I-
1: opposed to of the 12 seats at the table, all those group of five – Conferences playing for one seat yeah but there is an opportunity I mean let's say there's a year in which UCF <sighs> and well SMU is going to or UCF's in the big 12 now yeah. Yeah. yeah Tulane so, Tulane right. let's say Tulane mm-hmm. and Memphis right are undefeated they have to play each other in the American Athletic championship game so one's 12 one's 12 and one and one's 13 and out
2: yeah mm-hmm. they might recognize one of them lob them an invite mm-hmm. and if they come in and compete and even pick off one of the bigs, then they've got a seat at the table again. But if they don't, they're going to be sent packing. And, and, and I always call them, Leon, without losers, there are no winners. True. So you have to have somebody to beat. And so I agree in the sense that I, I would always look at a way to recognize one of them, create this little semi-Cinderella story, because a Tulane or somebody can pop up. And, yeah. and, and knock the big, the big. Yeah, off.
3: but what they could? I mean, it'd be great TV because I always like to see the underdog come up mm-hmm. and win a game like that. But how realistic is it for them to run the gauntlet? Oh no, no, they're not going to run no, the gauntlet. No. I mean, they, let's say they they pick off a, a Penn State, yeah. all right, and then their next game is against oh, Ohio State. Yeah, and then the big. They, I mean, I mean, it could
2: happen in hoop it, because it, yeah. they can get red hot. Exactly, they can go from a Thursday to a Sunday. They got a deep bench, a lot of senior or upperclassmen. We've seen it all happen. It can happen that way. In hoop. Yeah. The the, the depth <clears throat> required for a football team to do that. Yeah.
3: I mean, I mean, what's the likelihood of a Cinderella? What's the likelihood of a FAU?
1: I mean. And
3: and, and, the, and the college football like, race. He, not likely at all. I mean,
1: here's the thing: like, what would UCF have been if they if there was a multi-team playoff? back in 2017, which there was, but mm-hmm. if they had been included in, you know, a six or an eight or a 12-team playoff as opposed to four,
0: mm-hmm. you go
1: back to Boise State in the Fiesta Bowl, if that had been a multi-team playoff, mm-hmm. would that team have been able to advance? And not that it's a Cinderella, but Ohio State in the first year of the four-team playoff as the four-seed. Mm-hmm. No one expected them on their third-string quarterback to do what they did. They, yes, the team around them was – Obviously, a very impressive roster. Mm-hmm. Much better than a "quote unquote" Cinderella of you know what we've become accustomed to in March Madness. It wasn't like they looked like UNBC running around out there with a bunch of like five foot seven point guards. Yeah.
2: Baltimore uh, County, any of those were just great, great stories. St. Peter's Sister with, uh, Jean with and,
1: the mustache. Yeah,
2: yeah, I mean, yeah. You, yeah. You can go those, and those are possible because you're looking at eight, nine guys getting hot at the right time with a good coach mm-hmm. and a lot of experience.
1: But the point I'm getting at is I think we we don't know right now because no. we've seen those quote-unquote Cinderella's in college football, but I don't know if we if they're equal to their basketball counterparts. Like, I think there's plenty of people, despite the fact that they went undefeated in the regular season, there's plenty of people who probably thought Florida State is such mm-hmm. a nice story. Are they a Cinderella despite the pedigree and the blue blood? nature yeah. of the program. Like, they, yeah. that might be equated to a Cinderella yeah. in college football.
3: Well, my my, my concern was is that you, they what? They play 12 games already, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Then they play a conference championship, and then they go into the playoffs, and then you're going to play another three more games. Yeah. So I'm I'm concerned about the carnage.
2: I agree. The wear and tear <laughs> there is be real. could be
3: That's that's some serious wear and tear to get to the title. Yeah. You're talking about the conference championship, and then you're talking about three more games.
2: Yeah, it'll be. A- I mean, are they going
3: to move it up? Or are they going to make it back to back to back? It's going to be like the Super Bowl. Are they go for the championship game. Are you going to give them a week?
2: Yeah, It's funny. I haven't really <laughs> seen the layout of the schedule yeah. yet, so I'm not quite sure because mm-hmm. it's going to have to be played after quote, the semester ends and, and finals and all that stuff are done, mm-hmm. you're going to come out of championship Saturday, then you're going to have to play another round, I would think, somewhere around the Christmas Day schedule. We're going to find out how they actually and, plan that bad boy.
3: And then after that, I mean, if, if you're let's say you're a guy that's teetering on the, the second and third round or whatever, so let's say you win the championship, you win the championship, or whatever, and you're seeing now... <laughs> You you got to get ready for the these bowl games, mm-hmm. uh, you, you know, uh, Senior, East, bowl. Senior Bowl, East West mm-hmm. Shrine Bowl, oh, yeah. to give yourself more recognition, more attention, and whatever. You got to go out. So and where's bang. your? Re- and then after you do that, you're still training. And then the combine's right around the corner. So you're talking about someone who's going to have to endure.
2: Yeah, 16 to- games if you're in that first week, 15 <clears throat> games if you're not, which mm-hmm. they are i have already played the 15 games. If you do make it to the championship, so we'll see. All right, you guys, uh, poke holes and. In- in it if you want for sure. 641 You can hit the text line designed by Lifetime and Closes, or chime in on YouTube. We asked for your first sports love uh, along with Valentine's stories uh, off the text line. My first sports love at 13, my grandfather introduced me to football in Joe Montana. Loved him and the Niners till he retired. That was the year we got the Jaguars. Jags fan ever since Duval till we die. So keep them coming, 641-1010. Let us know your first sports love on a golf club of Southampton Wednesday.
0: This is XL Primetime. Brought to you by Florida Home AC. Now that's cool on 1010XL.
1: It's Valentine's Day on XL Primetime. You know we're keeping the vibes coming. We're keeping Leon's love advice flowing. Dr. George Barry set to join us in about 20 minutes or so. I'm very curious if uh, he will provide us with any love advice of his own. <laughs> or at least uh, how to keep your, your loved ones out of, out of surgery and uh, on the straight and narrow.
2: Yeah, he may have had to surgically repair his love life back in the day. We'll find out.
1: And, uh, and, of course, we are accepting on the text line brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures, the story of how you fell in love with sports. So let's read a couple more of these. From 258, moved to Duval when I was five, would occasionally visit Detroit, and one year, mom took us to a Lions practice. Barry Sanders only signed a few autographs that day. I was the happiest nine-year-old in the world. My brother was heartbroken. Barry Sanders, my first sports love. That's
4: actually a good uh, – we could move on to Leon's yep. top f- – what
3: is it? Well,
2: this is like – who would you – Best if you guys go back never think, to win a Super Bowl. Yeah, who would you really? would love to see win a Super Bowl?
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well I, well, I had a nice little list, you know, because after the Super Bowl, I was looking at guys that, you know, the all-time greats that had never won a Super Bowl. Leon Searcy, number I mean, one. Nah, not <laughs> an all-time great, but – I'm pretty all-time good, but... Um, <laughs> so but, humble. Yeah, I am so humble. Uh, but no, yeah, I, so I pulled up these guys, mm-hmm. and um, I'm, 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 I'm going to give you five. All okay. You pick four. for the all-time greats who never won the Super Bowl that you like to see win the Super Bowl, okay? At number five, Tony Gonzalez.
1: Hell mm-hmm. of a tie end,
3: Absolute hell of a yeah. tie end back in the day. Never won the Super Bowl, never had an opportunity. He had, did he play in the Super Bowl? I'm not sure if he played in one or not. Tony Gonzalez?
1: The Falcons. With the Pats, yeah, 95. Maybe with the Pats?
3: Maybe with the, I'm no, w- with the Falcons, with, no. Yeah, the, with, with the Falcons in
1: 90. With the Chiefs,
2: but yes, with the Falcons. The Falcons, I thought, I thought he played
1: yeah, with. Yeah, because yeah, Dan
2: Quinn was, was, was coaching. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I thought he was still there.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: Okay, so. so I, I, was he part of that team that blew a 28 to 3 lead? I, I'm thinking oh, so. We have go no back and look. All right, so he was with the Falcons for 2009 and 2013. Okay, mm-hmm. then maybe not. Maybe no, not. Yeah. No. I thought we might be on the cusp.
3: All right, so I got Tony Gonzalez at number two. I got uh, Randy Moss. Mm-hmm. Randy Moss, outstanding wide receiver, played on that team that went eighteen and zero, but never won. Never won a Super Bowl. You know, had an opportunity, couldn't get it done. Well, the team couldn't get it done. could Yeah. Also, yeah. on some great Vikings teams. Oh yeah, the Vikings well, team were, that put a fifty on us. They in were Jacksonville. 50,
2: they were fifteen and one that year and missed the field goal.
3: Gary Anderson.
2: Yeah. Maybe missed the extra one of them. Extra point. It was the first first field goal he had missed all year long. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: Absolutely. All right. So I got Randy Moss number two. Number three, Dan the Man Marino. Hell of yep. a quarterback. And
2: by the way, he got there and Second then, year. probably then,
3: the best pure pass I ever seen play. Oh, he was absolutely
4: just extraordinary. He was extraordinary. All right. So he got to the Super Bowl right away and then mm-hmm. never even got back was again. It, was yeah. it his rookie year or second, second year? year? Second and year. Very Burrow esque. Yeah. yeah.
3: Got there his second year. And uh, okay, at number four, I got uh, Junior Seos. Mm. Junior
2: Seaus,
3: you know, played in the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. beat us in the AC Championship game, played the 49ers and got destroyed. Yeah. Smoked. Smoked. Yeah, like a pack yeah. of cools. Yeah, But yeah, you know, as much as I, I loved him as a player, I mean, uh, that was supposed to be us. All
2: right, boat. so who would you put up? Who would you put up? One more, you? I got one more. Okay. Barry Sanders. Yep. Okay, there you go. Yeah. I,
3: okay. I, yeah, you go. Yeah, yeah, Barry Sanders has got to be your guy.
2: I'm going, Danny, Dan, Dan, the man. You got Dan, yeah, because that's, well, you grew up a Dolphins fan. Yeah, I grew up loving, yeah. loving, loving watching go. this guy play. And so, and, and by the way, I think I made the point last week. Pat Mahomes mm-hmm. adjust with what he has personnel wise. He's willing to change. Mm-hmm. Marino was never willing to change. Marino was just going to sling that ball, okay? He was. And he was going to take the money, and he wasn't going to share it. He wasn't going to Tom Brady his way through a salary cap. He was going to take the money. And and they never – I don't believe they ever – they had one one year where they had a 1,000-yard rusher. That's mm-hmm. how long – and think of how long Marino played. Anyway, I would have loved to have seen him win it. Uh, but Barry Sanders, he would be the people's choice. Yeah,
3: I, I would think. Yeah, he was on very some bad Lions teams, very mm-hmm. bad Lions team, And he was their only option match majority of the time. What, what was
2: what was Randy Moss's stat line in that game when they did finally make it when they were trying to go into two uh, thousand uh, eight? Yeah, two thousand. Well, yeah, it would have been the seventh season, right? Uh, and so, and the great plays that came out of those Super Bowls, mm-hmm. Patriots versus Giants, were from quarterbacks to receivers, and mm-hmm. he wasn't one of them. Yeah, which is something else too when you think that about up. that.
1: Um, so that, uh, again, that was the uh, Giants seventeen, Patriots fourteen, low scoring affair. Randy Moss finished that game with five catches for sixty-two yards mm-hmm. and a touchdown.
0: So we yeah. did catch mm-hmm. a touchdown
1: in the Super Bowl. Wes Welker, the leading receiver for either team with eleven catches for 103 yards. Yeah, he
2: was a catch machine.
1: What's wild is David Tyree had three catches total in mm-hmm. that game.
2: Yeah. The one it, to it, count it. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> All right, that's a good one. You guys can throw in on that if you want. Six four one ten ten. You got Marino, Tony Gonzalez, Junior, Junior Sales. Sal-
3: Barry Sanders and Randy Moss. Randy
2: Moss. Okay, yeah. A couple is, on the
1: text line already. Uh yeah. Jim Kelly, which I can't mm. even imagine the sting of losing four straight oh, Super man, Bowls, yeah. let alone four. Totally Super get that Bowls. one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Calvin Megatron Johnson.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Calvin, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and and I think they played him one playoff game in his time. Mm-hmm. And that was the the well, yeah, that was the controversial call in Dallas, and Dallas got to move on and then Des Bryant with his controversial catch against Green Bay. But, yeah, Megatron, yeah. He played Mm -hmm. in two,
4: actually. Yeah. Two games. So one in 2011, one in 2014.
2: Okay. Mm -hmm. He was. Very illustrious career. Yeah. He was great. In the playoffs. Uh, yeah, he redefined. Yeah, there, there weren't too many Lions lore stories mm-hmm. in the playoffs, unfortunately for them. Notice
1: that several of these players were listing our Detroit Lions. There yeah. is hope for you, Duval. Trust yeah. us. They yeah. made the NFC Championship game this year. We're all riding the Lions high here on primetime.
2: Well, the, I, I love watching them this year. Uh, I, I wagered on them. I thought they, they had a chance. I love the look of them. And they, they played with their stripes all the way through to the end. They didn't change their stripes in the end. It was Dan Campbell doing Dan Campbell things, and they may regret it, but, heck, what would you rather have happened? What they did by not changing the way that they played or Baltimore completely changing the way that they played when they lost to Kansas City, honestly. Yeah,
3: I would stick to my guns. Yeah. I mean, if I'm going to go down, I'm going to go down, you know. you know,
2: I'd, I, I still would be aggressive by, but also being smart. I still mm-hmm. would – like I love the way Campbell coached and, and inspired his club. But you still got to figure out when you got to kick that field goal. Yeah I, yeah, I agree.
3: Yeah. Well, I mean, he went down the blaze of glory. Yeah, he did. And he went down He went down his <laughs> way. No other way. Yeah. I mean, you got to respect that. And so and I, that... I, I, contrary to the Ravens, yeah. you know, when they play in their championship game, you have absolutely no idea who this team is yes. that's playing. What was it? Six total? An identity crisis. Yeah, Six total rushes? Yeah. Is that
4: what it was? I don't want to be disrespectful to Joe's Lions, but I'm really glad they weren't in the Super Bowl. Yeah. I, really? I, I, I just think the Niners matched up perfectly with the Chiefs. It but was honestly, such a good game. I think them. the Lions would have gotten their ass kicked. Okay, Whoa, but think about this I now. Know. Yeah, I do.
2: Hmm. Now, this is – it's like, I'm sitting there, and I'm pushing back on this big time because I think to myself, bo- uh, A, the Lions – controlled that game against san francisco i'm not saying they didn't yeah, i'm no, just saying no,
4: but, different courses for different horses yeah right. it would have been a different game i don't think they have the stars on defense well, that would have I'm been able it, yeah, to yeah. keep mahomes at bay in the first half like the niners
2: yeah did. that's true The defensive side san francisco wins this argument hands down no question about it but just the idea of the scoring that detroit has and if nothing else, I think they would have put points on the board early, which would have forced Maybe. both teams to open it up. Because I just look at both teams with the same amount of firepower. There were two really good running backs in Detroit's backfield, one in San Francisco's backfield. Uh, great tight ends from both teams. One dynamic receiver at the very least for San Francisco. Multiple mm-hmm. receivers for, for Detroit. Both offensive lines stellar. Uh, Kicking game, solid. Uh, but, yeah, no question defensively. They th- they were starting to turn the wick up a little bit defensively Yeah, against the run. Against the I pass, just, they were definitely th-
4: What suspect. Bosa did and, and the linebackers yeah. for the Niners, I just yeah, don't those are think great. the Lions would have been able to yeah. do that.
2: Yeah, and I wonder what the line would have been and what the final score would have been. It, it, it's hard to say, but yeah. it, it's so funny. When you look back and you think about the game, the way it unfolded, I don't blame Shanahan for playing for a field goal. And thinking that because of look look at all the field goals that were that were mm-hmm. kicked in that game yeah. and and how few touchdowns were scored in that game. But
3: If I'm a Lions fan, I tell the Chiefs you ain't want to smoke. You're probably <laughs> happy when you ain't show up. <laughs> so, well, listen, yeah, that, you that's, can say that that's the sentiment of the. the it seems like the, the people in Detroit. You know, <laughs> I mean, I, they they controlled that game. They. I, they, I don't want to say they gave the game away, Still
4: ticks me off. but they
3: gave the game away. Yeah, they
2: did. Yeah, they yeah.
4: had the game <laughs> under control. And, yeah, a guy texted in Detroit beat KC last season. Yeah, in the opening game of the season. Without no Kelsey, Cousin, Cousin Jones, without No Jones. And it was like four months ago, yeah. uh, even longer. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like a, a year away.
1: Speaking of the Kansas City Chiefs, the Super Bowl parade ongoing, Willie Gay Jr. Uh, is currently streaking up grand avenue not streaking as a naked oh, although he does have dang. his shirt off um he has no shoes on he has a bottle of hennessy in his hand <laughs> he just did a live interview with channel 41 the nbc affiliate in kansas city while laying on the ground in the middle of grand avenue um so hey maybe we have a new uh, a new nominee for one of our favorite parade it's moments it's only
4: 12 30 there yeah wait, give me, him
3: time wait, wait, he has a bottle of Hennessy yes. in his hand, and yes. he's laying in the street. It's
1: all over the internet right
2: I now. I saw him <laughs> laying down. I did not see the bottle of Hennessy. He That's just crazy.
1: Is, look in at this.
2: Oh. All right, it, so real quick, insane. we'll tie this up, and then we'll get ready for Geo. Uh, move to Duval when I was five. Oh, that
1: one we read already.
2: Yeah, and, and when you just think about it, with with Barry Sanders being the first sports love, how how it all gets tied together, and then when you take a look at the way these team like teams shaped you as kids. When you think about it mm-hmm. and you were able to come here and kind of take that NFL passion and put it into your Jacksonville Jaguars. And that's how, you know, like everyone says, well, you can't abandon your team. Yeah, you can, because now you got a team in your town, which makes all the mm-hmm. sense in the world. Uh, and, and, and by the way, so many kids, like we would have our high school athletes that would come through. Who's your favorite team. And for the longest time, they didn't say Jacksonville mm-hmm. because Jaguars weren't winning. They weren't winning. And now they're getting to a point, kind of like what Detroit's doing up there, where kids are going to grow up. I'm saying, I, "I like my lions. I like my Jaguars. Let's hope it continues. Uh, that's for sure. All right, GeO, coming in with sports injury questions, you can hit him. 6411010 on the text line. I'm coming in. Our man Gio is in the house. Dr. George Bari. Post Super Bowl. Extra 3,000 calories. He's toting around right now. Gio, what is up? What's up, man? Did you uh you got into the buffalo chicken dip? Don't lie to me. Yeah, I You may did. have
1: not fell asleep because of it. It was so damn damn good.
2: <sighs> you have that like everyone says that Thanksgiving is the only time you take a nap after a meal. It's not no, true. No, if you eat a lot, you, I you mean fall almost every meal. <laughs>
1: exactly. We said it after the Super Bowl cook, cook off We were like, man, I think the spread for the Super Bowl is better than Thanksgiving. Yeah. But brag
2: brag um, on your Super Bowl spread because you cracked out some. No, pie. we just had
6: some some wings. We made uh made some pizza. Had mm-hmm. made guac. Mm-hmm and then it had some wings and some chips and dip and
2: uh, say that pizza yeah. like you know very italian <laughs> <I don't> pizza <laughs> Is that how you say yeah. Do you have yeah. like
1: a pizza oven in the backyard? I have a, I have a yeah. an
2: Uni pizza oven that we love. Make. That oh yeah, he's got it, man. He's got it going on. All right, so if you have sports injury questions, and it could be head to toe, we're talking to the orthopedic surgeon, trained uh, fellowship trained under the renowned Dr. James Andrews. Uh, so you can hit Geo with a question six four one ten ten, and if he can help, he will. It's called free medical advice from Excel Primetime. All right, so I want to start off with uh, Dre Greenlaw because it was just an unbelievable scene when you saw him just basically try to run back on the field in the Super Bowl. And this is, I don't know whether it's field turf to blame or not, but the bottom line is he goes to take off and his Achilles blows.
6: Yeah. At first I thought it was his knee because it looked like he grabbed his knee, but Mm -hmm. then it came out a couple minutes later, it was his Achilles. Um, you so know, you thought
1: that from the the initial video? I don't know about you, Joe. Mm-hmm. Like I instantly went, "Oh no, this is an Achilles," and maybe it's the nature of how many freak yeah. Achilles tears we've seen we've with seen. Aaron Rodgers and yeah. others, and because it's so non-contact. But right. you thought it was the knee, because
6: I thought I saw him grabbing his knee. But I mean, you know, it, it turned out a couple months later being the, being the Achilles, and they
1: said it really quickly.
6: Yes, very pretty quick. They they said that, and but it matches like we saw Aaron Rodgers. We no one touched him, and it, and it popped. um, And a couple other Achilles injuries we've seen in the past, and it's really that's how the Achilles tears, right? You're you're going to to do that explosive motion, Mm -hmm. and then it pops on you. Now, you can have people have a chronic Achilles tendinitis and partial tearing that ends up degrading and and tearing, or they have no issues at all, and then it's just you know luck of the draw. It's just one of those things that happens, wrong place, wrong time, and there's an area of weakness, and it just pops on you.
2: Yeah, And, and, and no explanation. And the other thing that kills you more than anything else. Is because you're trying to nurse me back from my peroneal tendon tear and my Achilles strain. uh, That that there, you cannot prep for it. You can't add strength to your body in any way, shape, or form. Yeah,
6: if it's going to happen, it's going to happen. And that's what, like,
1: I I forget if it was Matt on Monday or Mm -hmm. Leon said it in our pre-show meeting. Would this suggest if it hadn't snapped there, it may have snapped at some other point during the game? Is it like that? Like it was just it was on the verge, anyways.
6: You know. I, I would say yes if he was complaining of pain and then we knew that there was an issue, right? Then he felt there was an issue. If he never had pain before, I think it's just one of those things that just, you know, bad luck and, and just happened. Mm-hmm. But if he was saying, yeah, I mean, you know, I have some tightness, I have some pain, this Achilles is bothering me. Then you can argue, hey, there it, it already had an injury and now it just propagated.
1: And it just was a matter of time. Uh, one player who was previously injured but was able to come back for the Super Bowl despite... Limited, if any, practice while they were out in Vegas was Jarek McKinnon, the running back for the Kansas City Chiefs. He had core muscle surgery on January 2nd, came back less than six weeks later to play in the Super Bowl at age 32 and win it.
6: Yeah. I mean, mean, we saw, um, we've seen that before with about six weeks' time. and I think that's about six weeks' mark for him, right? Five, Mm six. That seems about the timeline for it. And so uh, he tore it. At the right exact right time. If it was been a week later, you know, he wouldn't have been able to play.
2: Yeah, because that week off gave a lot of guys at least a chance to come back. Joe Tooney was a guy that was trying to come back, never was able to. Uh and we'll find out what the end result of that uh pec strain, pec tear, whatever it might have been. All right, this is off the text line, six four one, ten ten, 1010 from Charles Geo, he starts out with my left bicep feels like it's on fire all day. pause patches, ten milligram. Uh he's in the perk set. Uh, three times a day, aren't helping. Uh, what can this be? Uh, yeah.
6: First, I'm not a big fan of giving Percocet for for pain if it's not surgical or fracture wise, because that can lead down to a bad road. But mm-hmm. uh, so I'd try to figure this out quickly. Now, I don't know if he's talking about the distal bicep or the bicep belly or the proximal uh, bicep tendon. Um, but it could be a tendonitis, right? Mm-hmm. Depending if 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 it's the tendons. And uh, so what I would do is see a physician, get it checked out, see if you get a cortisone shot to help it out or maybe get an MRI, see what's going on. Like I said, I don't know what part of the bicep exactly he's talking about, but most likely if I had to guess, he's having a tendonitis issue. But I would really try to get this checked out quickly and uh, go for non-narcotic means of getting it fixed. Yeah,
2: because you want to, uh, don't rely on anything that you don't have to rely on or may have to rely on later, uh, which definitely could be a little scary.
1: Is it time, Joe? Yeah,
2: let's set it up. Okay, it's time because the dramatic Aaron Rodgers, who I love watching play the game. Okay, I love watching him play the game, have loved watching him play the game. Anyway, he ruptures the Achilles on the fourth play of what was supposed to be this dream scenario for the New York football Jets and their fan base that, you know, Aaron was going to come save them and send them to the Super Bowl. Bottom line is we watched almost like a soap opera week to week as he stood on the sidelines and threw the football and then we listened as he told us that there was a chance he could come back. Now, I want you to hear this. This is off Joe Rogan's podcast and then just jump in on it. But but here's Aaron yeah. Rodgers on ultimately why he couldn't make the comeback.
5: Yeah, I worked really, really hard. I had a great surgeon uh, who did, uh, you know, a newer process where they kind of uh, attach, uh, anchor the, uh, uh, the sutures through the tendon back into your heel. So it allows you to get on your feet quicker. Um, I did a lot of, you know, uh, other things to uh, – Speed at the rehab, I did hyperbaric chamber, uh, work with uh, Brigh- Brigham at Ways to Well, I, you know, I know you're very good friends with and saw him on the podcast here and he's amazing. He did some stem cells, did uh, uh, you know full-time rehab uh, up to eight hours a day with uh, you an know, incredible spot in LA and also at home doing extra stuff. Uh, my diet was rock solid. Um, a lot of bone broth uh, to increase the collagen levels, uh, to increase healing. And so I felt, you know, I felt really, really good. I made it back on the practice field um, at 11 weeks.
2: Listen, who does not like bone broth? Raise your hand. Uh, I'm in. All right. So explain it, Gio. Bone
1: broth is all you need to uh, yeah. cure an Achilles.
2: <laughs>
6: so the the surgery, the first thing he's talking about is where you take the sutures and you and you dunk them under and through the calcaneus with a couple anchors. We do that. We've been doing it for, for a while now. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if I'd say it's a new procedure. I mean, at least five, six years. I mean, we did it in training. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a good procedure. It's really just strengthens the Achilles until you go out there and it heals itself. Now, all the other stuff, you can do it all. That's awesome. That's great. He's obviously spent hundreds of thousands of dollars to fix his Achilles, and he still wasn't able to come back in time. How much is a
4: hyperbaric chamber? I don't know.
6: I mean, I'm sure he didn't buy it. I'm sure he probably yeah. went, but I don't know. But Ketabama. here's the thing, and and I think this is key. You know, we hear all these podcasts and everything people talk about. They got a stem cell, they got this or that, and they're like this new new human. And if you just do this little thing, you're going to come back. And you know, not true. I mean, look what he did. Eight hours of therapy. You and I would get one hour twice a week. Right. He got eight hours a day. He got stem cells. and I'm sure he got more than one. He had hyperbaric chamber. He had the someone with his nutrition. He had someone cooking his food, and he had you know this and that. Hallucinogenic. And he still couldn't. And top of the notch bone broth. yeah. <laughs> and he still couldn't come back in those five months, right? And and, and so, you know, anatomy is anatomy and things are going to heal like we always say that it takes time to heal. Right. You, you can't can not throw all the God. stuff at it and that's fine and that's not bad. But in the end, when you hear people trying to sell you the world about certain things, whatever their product is, you know, always be skeptical. And I'm not saying it's bad to do, but... Don't just say, "Yeah, well, that's what they told me. If I do X, Y, Z, I'm going to be back in no time." And all the other old stuff
2: people talk about is, is useless. Right, and it's not a guarantee. Uh, right, yeah, which is just crazy. But it, it's funny because he did make you feel, and it does—it does sound like he took every possibility right. into account and worked his tail off. And it just, like you said, I mean, I personally think they knew he
6: wasn't coming back. Yeah, and- I agree.
2: <laughs>
1: It was all just a plot. Yeah. Let's be real. That's my opinion. It was all It's just... going to be
2: a Netflix series. Uh, it'll come out later. The Last Dance, uh, uh, part two. I,
1: I, again, because he, he just rattles off all these things that he assumes none of us mere humans understand what he's talking about. And so, oh, yes, the bone broth. But of course, <laughs> like, you know, that's what I needed. And.
4: Wow, you really hate him. No, I love Aaron <laughs> I mean, like, What do you, you mean? He was just saying what he did.
1: No, I know. But, like, he's trying to rattle off all these things to, like, you know, see, like, I did this, I uh, did this, I did this, you know. it's But in reality, just accept, it's an Achilles tear. Yes. You, it, you can't come back that quickly right. from it. Look,
6: I, I think all this stuff, if you can do it, pay for it, that's great. It's not going to hurt you, right? That's what I tell people when they say, can I do X, Y, Z? Well, if it doesn't hurt you, go ahead and do it. Uh, but don't expect, like, what I tell people is, imagine you're in Vegas. When they say, should I spend $5,000 on doing this injection? I go, look, if you're in Vegas and you have 5000 to spend and you're going to lose it all, just imagine that's what you're doing. Spend it, and if you get it, get great results, awesome. But if you lose it all, don't be shocked. Yeah,
2: yeah. And that's it. Jackpot or not, that's really what it is. All right, Gio, good stuff. We've got our Breaking Bones show Sunday morning at 7.30. If they want to check us out, definitely do it. If they miss
6: it. Yeah, Apple, Google, and Spotify.
2: And hit us up with a question. I got a couple that I want to get to uh, in, in Breaking Bones. So if we missed it today, we'll make sure that we get it on Breaking Bones or tomorrow or next week on XLP with Dr. George Barry, All right, uh, Gio, thank you, sir. Thanks, guys. All right, big sir, so we got to say goodbye to him coming up here in just a second uh, because we're going to get into our uh, 2 o'clock hour. We normally have the quarterback whisperer with us on Mondays, but he's going to pop in uh, today and kind of talk quarterback ball and everything that came out of the Super Bowl, especially with Brock Purdy because the way – oh, he is tomorrow. Excuse me. All right, thank you. Thank you, J.J. Straighten me out, man. Um, I thought he was coming in today. I got it all figured out now. All right, big sir's. You are heading out. One last piece of Valentine's advice for everybody out there is you get ready to entertain your Valentine.
3: Um, you know, love yourself because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. you you love yourself, you learn to love others. Mm-hmm. I
2: that's, think that's yeah. my that's. I think he just dropped the mic on us on that one. Yeah, <laughs> he just dropped the mic. That's life advice.
3: Yeah, yeah. Listen, I don't trust anybody that doesn't love themselves because like, if you don't love you, there's no way you can love me. Uh
2: huh. That's a good point. Put it
1: on a T-shirt. There you go. Fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah.
2: I I wanted to do the T-shirt aptitude and attitude, but I like that one better. I like that one better. All right, Big. Enjoy the rest of the afternoon. All right. All right, he's out. So we head into the 2 o'clock hour and definitely digging into uh, a a little more as far as the college football playoff is concerned. Definitely some reaction on that as to – whether or not you should have all your conference champions getting in the postseason, how it's going to play out. Is this 7-5 or 5-7 format is probably how I should describe it. Is it going to live? And we've played the game already, what 12 teams would look like but we don't know what next year is going to look like. We don't know who's going to make it. But know this, it's going to be a majority of Big Ten and SEC teams that are going to be playing for the Natty.
1: Which uh, UCLA photos mm-hmm. have surfaced from their facility yeah. out there at uh, in good old Westwood. Mm-hmm. They already have UCLA jerseys on the mannequins with the Big Ten logo. Yeah. Over the left
2: And, and, and that's, that's, where, that's the world that we're living in. We start taking a look at these schedules, which we will get into in the 2 o'clock hour. You start looking at some of these meaty schedules. You start looking at the over-under win totals. Uh, it's a different world. We posed the question earlier that just because you make it to the conference championship game in the world that we have lived in and you lose it, meant you were not going into the college football playoff, unless you're Alabama, uh, and, and most of the time the loser did not get in. Now Michigan and Ohio State were able to get in, both. Alabama and Georgia were able to get in, both. We've seen LSU and Alabama in years past get in, and so it's not impossible. But heck, now with the 12-team playoff, it's almost inevitable that if you get to the if you're a runner-up in your conference, you're going to have a great opportunity to play for a college football championship. I don't know whether you like that or not, but that's the direction that we are headed in. So we'll do that in the 2 o'clock hour. It is XL Primetime, Golf Club of Southampton, Wednesday.
4: When the night has come And the land is dark And the moon is the only light we'll see
0: This is XL Primetime, protected by preferred roofing on 1010XL.
1: A loose ends to tie up as we begin this two o'clock hour of XL prime time. No Maddie Hayes, Leon Searcy off for the day. So just Mia O'Brien, Joe Coward, and JJ LaSalva rolling with you until 3 p.m. right here on the Superstation. Uh, let's begin with this, Joe. Mm-hmm. You asked me earlier, has any coordinator in the National Football League been introduced this offseason with the head coach or GM at their side? Uh, as a matter of fact, mm-hmm. new Titans. Defense coordinator Denard Wilson is being introduced, as is Nick Holes, the now former pass game coordinator for the Jags, now the OC in Tennessee, with Brian Callahan next to both of
6: them. Mm -hmm. Now, obviously,
1: Brian Callahan is a first-year head coach, um, so they're also still trying to learn him. If memory serves me, I think we met Mike Caldwell and Press Taylor in 2022 with Doug in attendance, Um, but... Does look good, does it not? Having the head coach or the GM. I,
2: I always think it's like. In other words, the reason the guy is here is because you hired him. Let's just make this the ten ten take. That's the only thing I'm looking for. I'm not even piling on Dougie here. I just would like to hear from both. It's it's one of the few opportunities. Let's hit it
0: now. Joe 10 ten ten take. Slow smoked and served up by Sonny's Barbecue, local pitmasters since 68. Sonny's, uh, they serve up those same recipes since the late 50s,
2: and they do it right every single time. Delicious ribs, pork, chicken, turkey, you name it, with all those great sides. Look for Sonny's all over the First Coast, Uh, and they are tried and true. And so when I think of why isn't Doug Peterson next to Ryan Nielsen when he addresses the media, I dig it if they want to make it a little more just this is not a big deal. This isn't a a throw-a-parade press conference. Uh, This is not uh, the most important hire uh, that we will make. But at the same time, I think to myself, the guy who hired him, it wouldn't be bad for you to give Jaguar fan out there a reason as to why you did choose him. And this, I think, is where you at least get a solidarity uh, from the coaching leadership with your football team in in giving you a vision of what they've got going into the offseason. And that's all you're looking for. You're looking for a little more hope, a little more uh, from the from the answer department from your head coach as to where they're going. And, yeah, there's still some other decisions to be made, and maybe he's waiting to the combine, and that's when he makes his uh, remarks about this. But I just wanted to see Doug Peterson next to Ryan Nelson. so that's it. Uh, that's the 10-10 take. Not the worst thing, but also wouldn't be a bad thing.
1: It's not any different than when – Doug Peterson was hired when Trent Balky was hired. That's Shad Khan, mm-hmm. sat next to them. Yeah. or And the, like I
2: said, those are big-time deals. Those are big-time hires. This isn't as big, but still.
1: Or when the first-round draft pick comes to town. Shad's mm-hmm. always there. He's going to be the one writing this guy's checks. He mm-hmm. obviously checked off on whoever the selection was. How and, is this any different?
2: Right. And whenever they make their o- overall total decisions when it comes to hiring and filling out the staff, Maybe we will hear from Doug. Maybe it will be at the Combine uh, when this is all said and done. I don't mind that, but I also think there are certain settings where you can deliver one more message to your fan base. We were joking after the Super Bowl that they sent a tweet out on social, me- or social media. Like, this is a good time to sell your wares, okay? This is a really good time to say, look, we disappointed our fan base. We disappointed ourselves. We know that 9-8, and eight, while it's a winning record, isn't good enough. We want more. And then, you know, just boom, put a stamp on it as you head into your
1: offseason. But as we have said time and time again, Joe, Mm -hmm. social awareness, Mm -hmm. the most underrated trait you can have in any walk of life in 2024.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And look, like I said, there is no perfect plan. There is no exact way to do this. There isn't a playbook that you need to go to. I'm just simply thinking out loud as far as what the fan base would like to hear. They don't need to hear from – uh, Trent every single week. They don't need to hear uh, from Doug every single week in the offseason. You only get to hear from Trent Balky two or three times a year uh, when it comes to either draft, free agency or or postseason. But in this particular case, just t- tell us a little bit about what what made you go out and get this guy. My That's thing it. is
1: it's just good PR. And, again, I don't run the PR department over there. But, mm-hmm. like, just, again, just having worked in the media, and I, I understand – I am younger than many of you driving around, but like from my 10 plus years in this industry, it would just be a, a show of solidarity. We are all on the same page, a different voice of opinion, as having worked in local television. When you're putting together that package tomorrow night, you local news reporters, mm-hmm. y'all know you're going to need multiple voices in that story. So you'd like to have a couple different angles, a couple different people to interview. Um, and it's, yeah, it, and I think that. The fans want Mm -hmm. to hear from multiple people.
2: Well, all right, let's just get back to the Ryan Nielsen part of this because at the very least, what I do want to hear from this guy, and in a press conference, not everything is going to be said that is going to prove to you that he's going to be able to deliver a winner on the football field. I know that. You all know that out there, all of Duval. I know that he's not going to be able to say everything to prove to you that he's got it, but I want to hear what his vision is. I want to hear if he's going to have an attacking style. I'm not necessarily going to ask him, hey, can you guarantee me it's 4-3 three or 3-4 three, alignment? I don't need all that. But I want to hear his idea and philosophy about putting, uh, putting game plans together that will attack offenses, that will force players on the other side in other uniforms to react. And this team can try and dictate and take control of football games. Because if you look back at the last half of the season, it was a lot of hold-on type of defense because the back end was giving up big play after big play after big play. They were in the top three or four when it came to takeaways, but they also were in the bottom three and four when it came to scoring and the amount of yards they were giving up. they got to fix that.
1: And as I mentioned, what I'm also curious to see ahead of Ryan Nielsen's scheduled availability tomorrow at 1.30, which we will be efforting to try to carry live on 1010 AM, 92.5 FM, I will be down there at the bank, as will several of our other embedded and shredded reporters. Mm -hmm. I am curious if we will have the full lineup of what the offensive and defensive staffs will look like in 2024 ahead of that scheduled availability, especially because we're seeing some teams coming out with their fancy graphics with all their coaching staff hires. That includes the Los Angeles Chargers just minutes ago. And uh, old friend alert, Mm -hmm. guess who's the wide receivers coach for Jim Harbaugh? Who? Just take a wild guess. Keenan? Sanjay Lal, baby. All
2: right, the most expensive house on uh, uh (laughs) – On Ponte Vedra James property. Coleman,
1: Denny Thompson, I wish you guys were on the program yeah, right now so yeah. we could dive on into that $12 million property.
2: Yeah, Denny will be in tomorrow. Uh, the quarterback whisperer will join joining us uh, this time tomorrow. But that is – all right, so I don't know what ties that he might have back to Harbaugh, but that's an interesting one. Uh, a guy that wasn't long for here for some – it just didn't work. It was such a bizarre existence, short-lived uh, for, for him. Uh, and he did purchase a – Major piece of property uh, in PV. But there was another one that I I, want to keep an eye on with Jim Harbaugh. Is he going to make a play inside of his division? The Chargers want to make a big splash now that the Kansas City Chiefs are world champions once again. They've made a big splash in hiring Jimmy. Harbaugh is going to command a lot of attention when it comes to going out there and putting this, this game plan together, already putting his whole coaching staff together. Is he going to make a play for a Chris Jones in this offseason? I, I will make a prediction that that will be a guy that that they will look to anchor the interior. If if they can put him with a healthy Joey Bosa and whatever's left of uh, Khalil Mack, think about that.
1: Financially? Yeah. Can they uh, afford it?
2: I don't know. That's it, the problem. It, it does look like... I, They're I'm probably
1: going to have to say goodbye to one of those two guys. Right.
2: I'm not going to say it's an impossible situation with salary cap because we've learned too many... <laughs> Too many tough lessons that other teams figure out a way, even though they may not figure it out here. They, other teams do. But Khalil Mack may be a casualty here. But keeping a Joey Bosa and then an interior guy in Chris Jones that can slip out on the outside, depending on down and distance situations, you want to talk about something major? That and, and I think we all agree the most prized possession right now in the free agent world is Chris Jones. And And that's
1: if he doesn't get tagged by the Chiefs.
2: Right. And if they look at him and go, we can't let him go, then this conversation is over with. But if they do look at it, he held out last year. He got the one-year deal. Bet on himself. We all know what happened. And now he's got a chance maybe to either get another big contract. They can't tag him, I don't think, financially. Yes, they can with the rules, but I don't think they can tag him with what they've got to deal with financially. So, so that, that's going to be a, an interesting watch. The for
1: Chargers sure. have four players slated to make a $30 million cap hit or more in 2024. Yeah. Khalil Mack, Joey Bosa, Keenan Allen, and Mike Williams.
2: They might have set a record. Where is Justin Herbert?
1: Justin Herbert is sixth on that list. Uh, Derwin James is a $19.8 million cap hit, and Herbert is... Is a nineteen point three million dollar cap hit, followed by Corey Lindsley with fourteen, well there, Eric Kendricks with nine.
2: There were I think three guys on that defensive front making over twenty million dollars. When you start adding that all up, and then you put the Keenans of the world, the Herberts of the World. That's an expensive deal.
1: That's so, what I'm saying. Yeah. I, I am very genuinely curious what Harbaugh year one will look like because either you're stripping it down mm. or like maybe you rework and restructure enough of these deals that you can make one more run at it. But these guys are in the prime of their career. I'm not so sure they're going to settle for less. And also, ownership of the Los Angeles Chargers, in terms of historically speaking, isn't necessarily ready to throw a ton of money up front.
2: They don't do it. They don't like to do it. And they did it with these guys. If you add up the number of players from uh, the top paid guy down to the last guy you mentioned, uh, that's six, seven guys that are making what was Derwin James making in that 19. Yeah, I, that is a boatload of cash. And so, yeah, it's going to be tough. And Khalil Mack is probably the oldest of the bunch, but also has been overproductive in his time.
1: One other uh, NFL loose end to tie up. It's fascinating seeing how Adam Peters, who's all but running the show now in Washington after coming over from San Francisco is structuring the coaching staff as well as the front office. Um, Anthony Lynn, former head coach in the National Football League. With the Chargers. Leaving yeah. the Niners where he was their uh, run game coordinator. or excuse me, is leaving where he was an assistant head coach with the Niners, is now joining the Commanders as their run game coordinator and will have some sort of assistant head coach title. He's also bringing Daryl Tapp, the respected assistant defensive line coach, with him. And so you're seeing the Commanders try to infuse some of n- some of the Niners' mm-hmm. Aura, if you may, with Peter's, of course, familiarity with them in Washington. You couple that with the talk of could they potentially, especially after hiring Cliff Kingsbury, make a run at moving up for that number one overall pick to take Caleb Williams.
2: That would take a lot of orchestration. Not impossible.
1: It's interesting though, because like they're they're trying to infuse some Niners, they're trying to infuse some veteran leadership. Now they're also trying to purge themselves of everything Dan Snyder. The news a couple minutes ago that former GM Martin Mayhew is transitioning to a senior advisor role to Adam Peters. And Adam Peters is bringing in the Lions senior director of player personnel to be his assistant GM. We know with Brad Holmes and the influences that he's had from around the National Football League. And so I I just get the vibe that as much as so many of us have looked at the commander situation and dismissed it as, yeah, that's a rebuild and they're stripping that thing down, they're trying to build a brain trust there. Well,
2: it does look like the ownership that comes in immediately has a plan, has had success in in other professional sports franchises and has money uh, and is not going to go in there and, and, and soil it the way Dan Snyder did. But then also, if you poach individuals, personnel, people, under successful people, and that's going to Detroit or San Francisco or wherever, we know where the, the good GMs live in the National Football League. It's easy to see. We give you example after example of what – San Francisco has been able to do, what L.A. with the Rams has been able to do, despite not having first-round picks, what Detroit was able to do by trading Matt Stafford. Look at the haul that they got coming back their way. It's crazy good what some of these GMs and front offices have done. Hasn't happened as much here as you would like. We'll keep that theme going. Get back to the college football discussion uh, about the idea of a 5-7 format, which is going to be voted on in less than a week's time as far as what your college football playoff will look like. We'll do that coming up. A golf club of Southampton Wednesday right here on XL Primetime.
0: This is XL Primetime, brought to you by Florida Home AC. Now that's cool on 1010XL.
1: Let's also circle back on this lovely Valentine's Day edition of XL Primetime. Time. sweet
2: sounds coming out of JJ's – boom box in there and to wow.
1: our uh to our earlier breaking news that ohio state had parted ways with head men's basketball coach chris holtman are you ready for this number boys mm-hmm. especially as we get ready to talk about the big bucks the big 10 will be making and college football at large will be making with new tv deals so per chris holtman's contract he is due a buyout of about 15.5 million subject to his duty to mitigate the deal was set to run through june of 2028 as Ross Dellinger of Yahoo Sports points out, a basketball coach buyout of fifteen point five million for Ohio State, which is about the same amount that the school's football coach, Ryan Day, publicly said last year it needed an NIL to fund a team.
2: Yeah, and so they may look at it and go, hey, basketball, hey, hoop, you ain't helping. Uh, and we're gonna need some. But they to... were
1: willing to do it.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, it's it, it's a it is a big payout when you consider what The challenges right now – I'll give you an example of where we're at as far as the challenges go, and we'll probably dig in this a little bit more when Matt is feeling better and he's back. But there was a piece that was penned, and this is the the University of Florida, which up until this point uh, had been regarded as one of the teams that was booster-rich, meaning they had a lot of their support that they were asking for from donations, booster – however you want to describe them, the collective, all right? Well, out comes an article about how Florida Victorious is right now struggling to raise enough NIL money to keep the Gators competitive. And this is a story that we're going to chase for a little while because the money, the challenges to get the money, to keep your arms race up inside the university's walls, meaning what they have to pay for, whether it's indoor practice facilities, locker rooms, all the stuff that they're responsible for, along with funding the non-revenue producing sports, they've already got that challenge. And now the boosters are being pulled to the NIL side, to the collective side, and I, I don't know whether this is going to run out. I don't know whether this is uh, maybe cry on wolf, but the Florida Gators collective is already saying they're having a tough time financially paying all the obligations that, that are required in the NIL.
1: How many years are we into this uh, Only
2: uh, two or three. Okay. I think it might have been 2021 when it first started in July, I believe. And so this was, this would have been the third off season of NIL uh, and going into the fourth NIL regular season. Oh, yeah. Uh, and Matt and Already I, running out of money. Well, Matt and I argue about it all the time. And, and and he believes that it's it's always going to be there. Well, it might, but forever, a big booster could offer up a lot of money to buy tickets and support the athletic program. Well, the university still wants that, and now on top of that, they have to pay to make sure that these athletes want to come play for their university. And that could mean, and we're just throwing out numbers, if you had a star quarterback – that could mean 3 to 5 million dollars just for that player and then add to that all the other superstars that are walking around the locker room that if the quarterback is getting 3 to 5 million then how much are they supposed to be getting it's it's an endless tiring situation i would think for the people that have to write the checks never will it stop where people are putting their hands out for money but the people who are having to write the checks i don't know It ain't going to be easy going forward. I would love to see the total budget and what uh, Florida Victorious or any of these are having to deal with. Um, All right. Yeah. Let's let's hit a that right now because that one, I don't know that we'll get the answer to that one right away. That just
0: happened. Brought to you by Florida Home AC, the official air conditioning partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. We
1: have another update from the Chiefs Super Bowl parade. Mm -hmm. Isaiah Pacheco, as JJ noted during the break, was running up and down the streets. Well, somewhere along the way, check it off of that bucket list that we uh-huh. rattled off in the 12 o'clock hour, either somebody brought their pet goat or Isaiah Pacheco found a goat somewhere on the street with a Chiefs jersey on and is now running around with it yeah. at the parade. <laughs> An actual live goat. Uh, it looks very it's cute.
0: beautiful.
4: It well, is, I guess it, we check off one of the things earlier was to find a live animal, right? Yeah, that's
1: what I was saying. Okay. So, somebody brought their we pet. We need a
4: tattoo now, and I'm-, I'm
2: uh, The AARP
1: on? guy to chug a beer, although I'm telling
2: you, these are all doable things. You just need to get a hold of Andy Reid, and it'll handle them all <laughs> for you. He's got everything, all right? He'll chug. He's got an AARP card. He definitely has a tat. Yeah, he's got to be hiding someone. Tat. Some, 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 someone, somewhere uh, with a tat, you never know. Uh, that's for sure. But- that's that's a fun one, and they're partying their their fannies off, and the ones that left Vegas and were supposed to leave that, you know, what stays? What happens in Vegas stays? in Vegas, They're bringing it back to Casey. Yeah, Willie
1: Willie Gay was a uh, roaring like a tiger, so uh, it was unreal. I mean, hey, anything is possible. Uh, luckily,
4: yeah. the weather looks real nice. Yeah, that's it's the biggest thing. The
1: last few years, if memory serves me, when the last two parades they've had, it was cold and rainy. And so I think it's just like finally 50-some-odd degrees in the Midwest. And so they're all like, hey, we can run around without sweatshirts and jackets on. Let's do it.
2: And they wanted to make sure, and this is being real, that Chiefs fans didn't freeze to death uh, because they already had that happen, uh, which is still one of the more bizarre stories ever that three Chiefs fans at a friend's house sat outside that Saturday night of the Dolphins-Chiefs game and literally – froze to death. That's well, we don't accurate. know that. Yeah.
1: There is well, some X-Files yeah. music to be <laughs> yeah, played on I, that I front. would say
4: that uh, they didn't freeze to death. <laughs>
1: well, yeah. They
2: were, all right, put it to you this way. They were frozen outside. When they were found, yes. Yeah. Okay, they were frozen outside. Look, we all have theories on what <laughs> happened, and I don't, I don't even mean to laugh, but. Oh, it's fine. Yeah. We don't it, know them. Yeah, it's like, how out of there do you have to be to have something like that happen? And we all talked about it. I mean, Aaron you would Rogers have to go not inside. not there with his hallucinogenic set. We don't know when. Or his bone broth. Yeah, yeah.
1: Don't That's, forget the bone broth. Yeah. Um, also, to your ten ten take, Joe, um, mm-hmm. for those worried about the Jaguars' optics, will Doug Peterson and Trent Bulkey be president at Ryan Nielsen's presser tomorrow? Will mm-hmm. they not? Um, it could be worse. Um, you could always be the New England Patriots, who in addition to still doing, I'd say, about 50% of their availabilities on Zoom, maybe mm-hmm. that changes under new head coach Gerard Mayo. Right. Um, the first that you have heard from Alex Van Pelt, their new offensive coordinator, is in a pre-taped interview from Patriots.com.
2: So they basically said, roll tape. We're we'll, going to do we'll the
1: – we'll ask the questions.
2: And then – in that, that way they get to control the atmosphere yes. and environment. Hmm. That uh. –
1: so it could be worse.
2: Yeah, post-belly. I'm kind of surprised by that because you would think if you what you say is true that you'd want to turn over a new leaf and not have it the way that, that Belichick had it.
1: You I know, know we want to do a little bit of college football talk, kind of wrap up that the yes. thought of the five and the seven, so we can do that. Um, I also want to let you all know that Field Yates' newest and first mock draft of the season, the newest one on ESPN, is now out. Any guesses who he has the Jacksonville Jaguars selecting at 17th overall or position, if you don't know names? Mm-hmm. Any guesses?
2: Oh, I would say line would make the most sense. Offensive line wouldn't be surprised if it's a receiver.
1: Okay, JJ? Yeah. Uh,
4: line, uh, center, wh- what's the question? Mm-hmm. What
1: position? Or yeah. if you yeah, know center. prospects. So Center.
4: That the Jags would take
2: in the first round? Yes, that Field
1: yeah. Yates has in his first mock Let's draft. Let's go with the Oregon guy. Okay.
2: Mm-hmm. Not All bad. Right. Let's reveal it coming up. It is XL Primetime on a golf level of Southampton Wednesday.
0: This is XL Primetime, brought to you by Florida Home AC. Now that's cool on 1010XL. We'll have 2.30, got the French show
2: coming up in less than half hour's time as they are at their walk-off charities classic. We've been hanging out on the Golf Club of Southampton Wednesday. Joe C., Mia O'Brien, J.J. Lasalva, and we are certainly looking forward to Valentine's night, uh, Valentine's Day. Hopefully you're celebrating it with the loved one in your life, making it right, which is always good. You'll get points, trust me, on that one. Uh, Golf Club of Southampton. You want to go low there, you can definitely do it. Call 287-PLAY. Head on out for a great round of golf. Don't forget Thursday night trivia and Friday night music under the stars on the patio. They always feature local artists. So we mentioned Field Yates with the prediction with his mock draft. Is this the first one that Yates has cranked out? This is the first
1: one that Yates has cranked out. I guess they're doing like a different... Analyst or a different, uh, you know, recruiting guy. is right. going to do a new one a week, and then they're doing a special at 3 p.m. on ESPN. Okay, which well, none of you will be watching because you will be locked in on the Frangie Show. But which,
2: yeah, yeah. But just just know this: that from now until it, it it will be ramped up after the regular season, after the postseason, after the Senior Bowl, and then really after the combine, and then obviously all the way to the draft. But the theme has been pretty consistent not just Yates but a bunch of guys he has in his first seven picks three quarterbacks and three wide receivers and I just got to say the quarterbacks make all the sense of the world to me but three wide receivers in the first seven picks ah, might be reaching just a little bit all right it,
1: yeah so it's a deep wide receiver class yeah. but at the same time if there was to be such a run does that change the Jaguars approach yeah. well in this scenario again Field Yates' new mock draft just dropped a little bit while, a little while ago. Drum roll, please, JJ.
2: Seventeenth pick overall
1: with the seventeenth pick in the 2024 NFL Draft. Field Yates of ESPN has the Jacksonville Jaguars selecting Jackson Powers Johnson, center. Called it. Oregon. Yep. Round of applause for JJ. Yep. Right on the money. Now Jackson Powers Johnson. What is interesting about him as a prospect, as we get to know more of these guys each and every week leading up to the NFL draft, a little over 70 days away, is that he played center at Oregon, only one full year as a starter, but by all accounts was arguably one of the best centers in the country this past year. Went
2: to the Senior Bowl and shined.
1: Does have some guard experience, a little bit at least, and proved to the Senior Bowl he can play that position. And even more fascinating is that. In a bowl game three years ago, they wanted to get him on the field somehow, some way as a true freshman. They had him play nose tackle. So the guy is, a, is, as, is as athletic as they come. He's very high IQ. My favorite video clip of him so far in watching tape has been, um, I forget who it was against, but when the, the wide receiver is sprinting downfield mm-hmm. for the end zone, mm-hmm. he is actually running and keeping pace with him. And then he does the track star finish. At the end, where he like head bobs over the finish now line. Now that
2: you're saying, I think I could picture it because uh, cat quick, okay, and not not a duck, okay, not slow, wang right, right, right not slow. He was flying, and he's got size to him, okay. He's a big, big guy. One of the criticisms of Luke Fortner at the center position, year one to year two, was get bigger and stronger, and he wasn't able to do that. And at the point of attack, you need to be strong as an ox uh, dealing with those interior defensive linemen.
1: And this guy again played defensive tackle as an 18-year-old freshman in a bowl game. Like, in terms of strength, I Mm -hmm. think that's all you need to know in terms of what Dan Lanning and his staff thought of him. The reason that, as much as I am high on JPJ as a prospect, I'm not so sure this ends up being the pick at 17, unless he somehow falls into the late 20s and the Jaguars trade back and he falls into their lap, is that I am not so confident that the Jaguars are so willing to completely move on from Luke Fortner. Now, I say that, And I firmly believe that in one of their first two picks, the Jaguars will draft a guard. But do they opt for a Jackson Powers Johnson who you say, you know what, we're going to start him at left guard. And if eventually he pushes Fortner out and takes a center position, that's what we're going with. And he's the best player available. Or do you take a Troy Fatanu out of Washington or a Graham Barton? who have played multiple positions and are projected to be a guard at the next level yeah, and, but would provide you versatility and or if you're Graham Barton push Fortner at center and if you're Troy Fatanoo if Walker Little was to depart and if Cam Robinson is to say you know if the Jaguars are to say well, goodbye to him yeah, he also will, provides you tackle versatility. Right,
2: they will have known the fate of Cam Robinson long before they make this decision. So that definitely will be played out in the cards by the time we get, I don't know, the next three weeks' time, basically. We should have a really, really good idea of what's going to happen as we get into the second week of March. When the combine happens, you can basically open up the tampering period, and everything is going to be up for grabs. And so they'll know what they're doing with Cam well before they make this decision. But I fight, honestly, middle first round, the value of a guard or a center, unless you're talking about a Creed Humphrey, a Quentin uh, uh, Nelson. Nelson. I was going to go Quentin New Year, but Quentin Nelson. Um, uh, Some of those guys, okay, that were absolutely tip-top. You knew they were going to be decade-type of players. And so if that is a decade-type of player, and I, I wouldn't even begin to tell you that's a guarantee, but if you're talking in that vein, then that's fine. But I'm looking at the tackle prospect much more than I would even though the interior line, interior part of the offensive line was as big a concern as you could possibly have on this football team, I'm not ignoring that. But I would still look at the value, seventeenth pick overall, one of my tackles and making sure that I've got both of them figured out going forward. Because if you say goodbye to Cam and you make Walker Little compete and you put Anton Harrison maybe in that natural left spot, left tackle spot you better have another tackle to go in there and play.
1: And that's where maybe a Fatanu who played yeah. left tackle but is expected to move to guard at the next level or a Barton who played tackle and center so clearly can play any position along the line because he's expected to be a guard. Maybe that's your pick yeah. because, of again, the best ability is availability. And then in a pinch, or if you were to say goodbye to Walker Little, you could put one of those guys at the left tackle position. Because
2: I look at – and I don't even – I don't even want to bag the Pac-12 because I loved watching it, and it's a it was a much better product this year, I think, with what Kalen DeBoer did and what Dan Lanning did, that you saw some pretty big, talented offensive lines that even though Michigan kind of worked them, let's be real, Michigan worked them in that national championship game and got to Michael Penix probably more often than DeBoer could have imagined. Those are still pretty good linemen. And so you got to make sure that you shop smartly and that you know the competition that they're going up against and that you think these guys can come in and compete. Because you're not just asking them to come in and add depth to your team. You're asking them to come in and compete and win jobs. They've got to win the jobs here. Uh, And I'm not saying Luke Fortner is done for, but his job's on the line. (laughs) There's no getting away from that. And so there's at least, at the very least, and I'm just kind of looking at Field Yates' total, there's in the neighborhood – of seven or around seven offensive linemen in the first round, maybe even eight if I'm doing my math here. Uh, because he definitely has, yeah, because uh, um, Amarius Mims down at the, at the bottom uh, is offensive tackle out of Georgia. You got seven or you got I'm 8 doing the math right now. Yeah. I may have eight. Yeah, because I think it might be eight. But anyway, there's a lot of guys. Oh, I got nine. Okay, all right, okay, there you go. Um, and so there is obviously talent. And you have to make sure that you get the right guy. Just because you get one of nine doesn't mean you're going to get the right guy. Get them right.
1: Get them right. Uh, you can also check out our 1010XL rankings, our entire 1010XL draft guide, available now at 1010XL.com. As luck would have it, today was our interior offensive line rankings. Mm-hmm. Yours trues, truly, along with Hayes Carlion and Mike Dempsey and Tony Smith, all had Jackson Powers-Johnson as our top-rated interior offensive lineman. We're counting centers in the interior mm-hmm. offensive yeah. lineman. Which I did, is why
2: you put Barton in there.
1: Right, yeah. exactly. And I did put an asterisk next to Graham Barton, who I have rated second, and then Troy Fatanu, who I have ranked fourth, because both those guys played different positions at Duke and Washington, respectively, mm-hmm. but projected to be a guard at the next level. Yeah, I right. also think another interesting prospect, if you weren't to go interior offensive line in the first round – Make sure you go check out Zach Frazier out of West Virginia. If you're looking for the guy with the mean streak, the guy who loves football, this man literally broke his leg on a football field and still tried to play and then dragged himself off the field with the broken leg.
2: Rambo-esque. Uh, Jack Young, blood-ish. Uh The thing I like is that you're looking for aptitude guys and attitude guys, but you also got to make sure that they're maulers uh, interiorly. Uh, this team's got to get tougher. They were whipped physically at the line of scrimmage by multiple teams down the stretch. That cannot happen, cannot continue. And that's really from Cincinnati on. Uh, they kept getting – they only won one physical football game, and it was against a a team picking at the top of the draft uh, or was picking at the top of the draft in in, in Carolina. I mean, my gosh, man, they got to get tougher on the interior part. All right, we are done. We're going to say hello to the Frangie Show out
0: at the Walk-Off Charities Baseball Softball Classic. Now, the two-minute drill, brought to you by Tire Outlet. Tire Outlet is now hiring. Visit tireoutlet.com slash careers, equal opportunity employer.
1: Double duty for the embedded and shredded first. He made an appearance on Jaguars today. Now he is among those holding down the fort. See what I did there at Fort Family Park for the Walk-Off Charities event. Hayes Carlion joining us now. How are you, my friend?
7: I'm doing great, Mia. Looking forward to seeing you later. And, uh, yeah, it's always fun joining Jaguars today, and we're going to have a lot of fun coming up on the Frangie Show. Spectacular day here at the ballpark. So uh, we're looking forward to some fantastic baseball and softball and all uh, uh, compliments of walk-off charities.
2: Uh, Hayes, I'm not one to bake in controversy uh, into any old subject, but I, I found it a little odd that, that Ryan Nielsen's going to address you and me and the media tomorrow, uh, but no Dougie Fresh. Yeah, I mean, I, I get that. I mean, you, you'd you love to have – Doug's
7: going to talk in, you know, 13 days in yeah, Indianapolis, yeah, so I'm sure sense. he just feels like, you know, let's just get Ryan in front of the media. And, uh, you know, I mean, in, in terms of, you know, why he was the choice, I mean, Doug can address that once we get to Indianapolis. But, uh, it, I, yeah, I don't – I mean, it, look, it's always great when he talks, but I, uh, I'm i not surprised that it's just going to be Ryan Nielsen. and uh, You know, but look, it should be really interesting to see what his take is on – the scheme changes what what he saw when he broke down last year's film of the jaguars defense and trayvon walker you know what what does this mean for him so should be fascinating tomorrow uh to get a chance to meet him and uh that'll be exciting at 130 we're uh also going to have uh lee smith today mm-hmm. executive director of the players championship a uh, beautiful day for for golf i saw jt had an ace today i believe uh out at the uh, genesis and tiger woods it's good to see some uh Golf highlights, the Tiger out there doing some good things. So uh, it's going to be exciting this weekend and then uh, certainly in a few weeks at the Players.
2: Yeah, no. uh, If he can make – at least make the cut, make a little noise, Hayes, uh, him at Riviera, which is a place where he's had the most starts in his career but has never won, uh, it may make him want to be here at TPC Sawgrass, which I think would be huge.
7: Yeah, that'd be great. And and hopefully that's the case. I I think if he plays, I think he makes the cut. I mean, I I just – I think the way the the course lays out in his history here, I, I think uh, I think if Tiger plays, he's going to be around for the weekend. But we'll see. A uh, long way to go before we get to that. But uh, regardless, it's going to be, I think, a spectacular players championship. And, again, it's going to be a spectacular day out here today. If you're looking for something to do this afternoon, come watch some outstanding baseball and softball. All
2: right, brother man, sounds good. We'll be listening. Thank you. Thank you. All right, Hayes Carline, Frank Franzi, Lauren Brooks, and RJ holding it down here. It's Fort Family Field. It's that loop from Bay Meadows off of 295, uh, and you will see the Bregan Field Baseball Complex. I hope I have it right. I think it's Bragan Baseball Complex is maybe what it is. Uh, 8,000
1: Bay Meadows Road, I believe, is the address because I had to send that to the tour this morning. Mm -hmm. Yes, 8,000 Bay Meadows Road East.
2: Yeah, so definitely uh, get on out there if you want to watch some good baseball and some good softball. We are done. We've got our show in the books, and they've got theirs coming up. Uh, thanks to the Golf Club of Southampton. Don't forget golf every single day. And then, of course, Thursday night trivia, Friday night music with a different menu every Friday, local artists featured under the stars, under the lights, right there on the patio outside the clubhouse. The Golf Club of Southampton. Joe C., me, O'Brien, Big Sirs hopefully Maddie back tomorrow. And, J.J., you got the Franchise Show coming up.